0: like this new laptop that i got this week it's saying to me don't put a password in we want a pin number right i thought what yep that's windows (laughs) how strange we want
1: your social security card number
0: (laughs) yes your bank account number (laughs) yeah we'll we'll have your can we have your cash point account number please (laughs) Oh, and give us the card while we're at it. We'll just we'll just clear your bank account for you. Oh my gosh! Right?
2: No. Keep before
0: kidding. before
1: your your uh, your computer started up, I was going to say that that's probably your your computer's way of saying my dog ate the homework, so I, I don't want to turn on today.
0: No, I ended up switching it off completely and then switching it back on, and it suddenly went uh, update complete. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought what? <laughs> I've been waiting half an hour and suddenly you press the button off and then back on it gets completed oh thank you
1: <laughs> that always works the the good old turn off and turn back on did you guys yeah. uh, have a new year's resolution
0: Anybody? I don't normally make resolutions uh, uh, no? personally I don't know. Norm- no. Because when I quit smoking years ago, I made a uh, conscious effort of not doing it. This is a New Year's resolution. I did it about a week or so later because otherwise it's almost like uh, being worried that you might fail because of it being a resolution. Whereas if it isn't New Year, you you might succeed, which is probably a bit silly, really. But yeah,
2: (laughs) mine is still at fourteen forty by nine (laughs) hundred.
0: What about yourself, Dave? Any resolutions?
2: Oh no, no. My my resolutions started uh, in October with
1: this podcast.
0: Ditto. Same here in so. September. Yeah. What about yourself, Gil? Do you make resolutions?
1: Resolutions this year? I'm just gonna. No, I didn't. I didn't make any.
3: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. <laughs>
3: oh, dude! This, I love Gil. This... He's so
1: cool. Just, Just live it. I mean, yeah, let exactly. it let it flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's we're off to I mean, considering the stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago and at the nation's capital. Oh, my gosh. It It, it started off kind of shaky. So I am yeah. I'm like I've said on my podcast that I'm not I'm not surprised on what, what are things to come, but I mean, I have or nobody has control over it, so there you go. there's no worth in wasting time worrying about it. I mean, that's just my take on it, but um, just gotta if it's gonna happen, let it happen and go with the flow. We can only change and do things that are in our own mind and you know, when I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. But as far as resolutions go, just keep podcasting, and and I, I love doing this. Honestly, especially with with uh, with you guys. Thanks, more for having me.
0: Ditto. That's fine. I'm glad that we've been able to get yeah. back together again and have a have a yeah. chat. I love talking to you guys.
2: Yeah. Thanks for forming the band, lending us in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All forming all the, the best band. bands are trios. Right. <laughs> No kidding. That's
2: a, that's a topic just for a podcast right there.
1: Trio bands.
2: I, mean, I,
0: just, I Just, yeah, go on.
1: No, go ahead, Marv.
0: I was going to say, you know, I mean, even trio bands, you can think of, they're not a trio, the Who, but sometimes you'll you'll have songs where the Who are just a trio and Roger Daltrey's is not on there and they're like a, a powerful force all on their own, just the three of them without adultery. They're singing when they've got Townsend or, uh-huh. yeah. or, um, um, or, oh, bass player, John Entwistle, even if he sings or him or Peter singing, they are an incredibly powerful th- threesome together.
1: I mean, if you really think about it, bands are all bands are a trio. I mean, is the drummer really part of the band? I mean, uh, don't uh, you, get you, me wrong.
2: You've got a couple there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Couple.
1: well, yeah. I, ex, except for for Rush, Led Zeppelin, you, you Rush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. anybody with uh, John Bonham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Oh yeah. Uh, the Doors. Did they ever? Oh have- yeah. They're, they're kind of a trio. I mean, they had, really, it was Jim Morrison, Robbie Krieger, and then their yeah, heavy-handed yeah. organ piano guy who sometimes played bass. I don't know if they really had a, a real drummer.
1: Well, their, no, yeah, their drummer was uh, John Desmore. Oh,
2: that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. All right, we can yeah. scratch that Cause, part. Cause
0: you, had, <laughs> yeah, you, had, you had John Densmore on drums, then you had uh, Robbie Krieger on guitar, and then, uh, oh, yeah. Manzarek is that is that his name?
1: Yes, Ray, Ray Manzarek. Manzarek. Ray, Ray
0: Manzarek. Yes. He he played or uh, keyboards and bass, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and
0: then he did. and then after Jim died, I think they made two or three albums afterwards with uh, yeah. with with Ray and Robbie sharing vocals. I think. Yeah, they
1: they did. I think it was like uh, the album was called like The Voices or Their Voices. Yeah, they yeah. they made a couple after after they he. Did. Uh, passed away.
0: I need to get on to them and have a listen because there's musicians they wow. Fantastic. Oh,
1: man Zarek is just I the first time I heard the doors that uh it was light my fire and I just mm, I just yes. fell in love with those guys. Yeah. Just that that whole opening what what he what he does with the organ in the beginning of the song I just what? Is this? Yeah, I felt like I was in a musical. Yeah. Like a, psych- a psychedelic like Cinderella musical when when that opening came on. As a kid and I just I, I just fell in love with them. I, I have their posters plastered all over my house.
2: Now for me it was the overall sound of their production at the end of the day which really was like wow to me because it felt like it stood the test of time because everything was four track and that was it. Uh-huh. You know, uh, in in a great comparison with people that Marv talks with a lot, uh, the Beatles, by contrast, uh, you know, they were all you know eight track, sixteen track, but it was all the same width of tape as what the Doors had. So a lot of times the tracks ended up sounding thin because they had to share that same amount of real estate. Only every track yeah. had to be that much smaller, so less bandwidth. So the Doors just had this full sound. Yeah, yeah,
0: they were, they were yeah, bouncing. They were bouncing the tracks so that you ended up with so many tracks on one track being bounced over that the tape got really thin and you'd lose definition of the sound.
2: That just didn't have to happen with the Doors because, you know, Jim went in and did whatever he did live. I don't know if he ever really had more than two takes on anything that was recorded with him.
0: No, and a lot of the time he actually, when it was lyrics of his own, he actually made them up on the spot a lot, didn't he? He had like a general idea but then just went in and thought, I've got this general idea, let's go with it.
1: Oh, yeah. he was a poet. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. that man yeah. Was, was just a poet. I mean, the the film that came out with uh, Val Kilmore, I watched it and I was like, no, this... Even... I, I watched like a YouTube video after just uh, to get like what, what critics would say and a lot of the... Criticism came from the band members, uh, stating that that movie was—I mean, they—they they didn't really bring out the Jim Morrison that they knew, which was no. the artist, the the poet, the not just the crazy rock and roll guys from you know Venice Beach, California.
0: Yeah, I do know that they also took offense from a few other things as well, because when you look into it it's surprising because if you only look at the albums and that's all you've got, you don't know the actual behind the scenes that not all the songs were written by all of them. In fact, very little of the material that's that's credited as written by the doors wasn't actually written by all of them. And you'll find that they wrote wrote songs individually and Jim actually wrote very little in comparison to what the others were writing. Mm. He'd come in and they've already written complete songs just for him to put his vocals on and, he just used to come in with a few few little ideas so like like my fire that was a manzarek song uh love it madly that was a robbie krieger song and uh, i think riders on the storm was that robbie krieger as well yes uh, dave i believe
2: so yeah, yeah. no it's yeah it was just one of those things it was just he was he was the outgoing enigmatic frontman. he was the the big mystery yeah. that just drew everybody in They're like what is this guy all about and the rest of the band was able to for lack of a better word be shoegazers and no one really yeah. cared they're like oh wow we're here for jim you know and the rest of the band was able to do what they did without pressure
4: yeah
0: right. it's, it's a difficult it's a difficult situation for them because it's like a lot of bands where somebody else is writing the writing the songs but i can see how it would get frustrating as somebody who writes songs myself and i'm sure that dave's the same where if somebody else is the lead singer, it can niggle a bit when somebody goes up to the singer and they're they're sort of complimenting them and going, do you know, that's a really good song you wrote there. And (laughs) you're sort of thinking, I wrote that song. It's a bit like the Paul Simon and the Art Garfunkel argument in the 70s.
1: Yeah. No, I I would would say if if I was a drummer and I wrote that song, I'd be like, no, it was me. It it was written by me. (laughs) Give me some of that. Throw, throw, Jim, throw a groupie at me once, every once in a while, will you, please? If I was John Densmore.
0: Very quickly, I'll just say uh, for anybody listening, this is Pods Like Us, and uh, this is Marv, and I'm talking with my friends Gil from the Bus podcast and Dave from uh, Live Life Loud, the Decibolic podcast. Right, we can carry on talking. <laughs> it feels like we just, just had be free and easy. Hey, right? You're joining in a conversation that's just flowing.
2: <laughs> it's like we had one of those great pre-credit scenes that they show in some of the television shows or something you know, where they've got this. It was like, a, and then all of a sudden the credits finally show up. It's like, oh, okay. You know, like a James Bond yeah. film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or CSI that's coming back later this year.
2: <laughs> I hope so.
0: We're, we're live now? We are li- we are live now. We're, we're live now, uh, Gil. Oh, yeah. okay. We are doing we're on
1: air, air. I didn't hear the buzzer or bell or, or the the on air. Oh yeah. Uh, we're back. Yeah, fine. we're back
0: to the back to the quibble again.
1: There we go. We you, we, we need to get one. You, we need to get you one. <laughs> we do.
0: That's true. I just thought I'd go go free and easy like you do with your show, Gil. Where you're just talking and. Suddenly you'll go, Oh yeah, we're doing a show now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
3: <laughs>
0: it's like you're just in the flow and you're like, Oh, I'm recording a show here. I better tell people that they're listening to the mind bus.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, me well, my last uh my last host, I we were talking for like a good like forty five minutes and I'm like I, I we're, we're talking. I was like I was thinking to myself, how do you even make any introductions? Well, hello, everybody. Walking to the mind buzz, and he was like, What the heck just <laughs> happened? Yeah, that, that whole time you weren't recording, Gil. No, we were recording, you know, the yeah, we were recording. Just... <laughs> first uh, hour, we're just you know, hanging out,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. like that time we did the last chat or whatever between the three of us, and then all of a sudden, I just sort of decided, didn't I? To do the introduction there and then, and then we carried on. And then I'll yeah. play, move the move the introduction back to the beginning again, that time.
1: there you it, go. It, it, yeah. it doesn't matter where it is as long as it's in there.
0: It's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dave, how are you doing with your shows? You, you're still only one or two ahead or I am are you getting a bit further.
2: Yeah, I am currently one and three quarters ahead. So I'm very excited about that. I went from thinking I was going to be behind the eight ball and finishing up on Monday for the next episode. And here I am, just finished uh, editing and mastering the main interview for the episode two weeks from now. So I'm very excited
1: about that.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. What about yourself, Gil? I bet you've got loads in the can, haven't you?
1: Uh, I do not. Not not at the moment. They're all brewing. I'm writing right now trying to get some different topics out there but just the internet and media and everything is just going so fast um, I'm I, I can't keep up I can't keep up but it's giving me a lot of content so nice um i mean yes uh, yeah. i will have one out this week definitely if not this the, week yeah. next week yeah
0: the last 2 weeks have been an absolute whirlwind in in you know in so many ways, haven't they really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Loads of stuff.
2: Yeah. I just, so you, just so both of you are aware too, I am, I'm also recording this on my end through my workstation. So this is going to be like episode, think either episode nine or 10 on my, uh, on my doc. I'm just going to take parts of it, not do the expanded one that you're doing, but I'm going to take, you know, and make it part of that episode, just something different. I get bored.
0: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I that's get nice. so bored. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll send. I'll send the file to um, to Gil, and then Gil can use it if he wants as well.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> there you go. I, uh, uh, I,
1: I, you just made me happy.
0: <laughs> welcome to the welcome You're to the, trio the greatest, of Pops podcast.
2: And it's, it, <laughs> thank you. Yeah,
1: very much.
2: And it's
0: great <laughs> to kind of have my
1: Christmas gift. That's my New Year's gift. There you go. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Uh, happy New Year, Gil. Everybody loves
1: you. Uh, 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 I'm just a big kid now. <laughs> I'm just a big kid living out my dream.
2: It, you know, and what I like about this is if each one of us has our own version of the episode out there, then it gives a great cross check for everyone to be able to hear, oh, this is pods like us, this is Marv, this is Guilt, this is the mind buzz. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's it's a little more relaxed introduction to okay, who are these guys that we hear interviewing people but really don't know You know what's going on in their own minds. Are they just you know voices? Are they scripted? You know what what's up with them? Yes, it makes it fun for me.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yep. And I, I I just um before this started and we were chatting online about it, I was just thinking that I wanted it to be free form in a way and just be a general chat between us three as friends in in a way rather than the usual structure i just wanted to see if we could just chat and catch up and see what happens absolutely
2: yeah yeah now that i finally know how to actually work my my uh workstation program that i use for recording and mastering (laughs) that always helps oh my goodness
1: you know the worst podcaster that always helps
2: i have like like four different ones that i was juggling between what do i want to use really yeah like i use GarageBand sometimes because it's just real easy to flesh out a song or an idea in it and then it just gets rolling and the next thing i know okay it's done yes now i'm in a completely different format so i bounce it over to mp3 or whatever or m4 and but i use a i was uh i like traction yeah waveform Great little program that's free to anybody, full-featured, no limits on anything. They give you some great plugins. If uh, if either of you get it and you don't have a lot of good plugins, I can give you uh, some information on how to get some really nice plugins from them that work really well.
1: <laughs> and that's <laughs> Tr- be cool. Traction?
2: Uh, Traction or Waveform. Waveform. Yeah, the company yeah. itself is called Traction. Uh, it was named Traction because the guy was working for a pro audio company and he had a back injury while he was working on it. And so he finished working on the program while he was in Traction.
0: Right.
2: So yeah. their, their new versions are called Waveform. About every 16 months, they come out with a new version of the, of the main program that they sell, but the previous version becomes free. Uh, to anybody who wants to use it, so it's kind of a neat little thing. It's it's a little different layout. Good program though. Very happy with how that works. And then I'm currently because of the hardware that I have, I'm using uh, Digital Performer from Mark of the Unicorn, or Performer Lite as they call this. And I've I've really been happy with that. It it does what I need, and I've gotten used to how it works. It's somewhere in between Ableton Live and Pro Tools, so very easy for me to understand. I just had to learn how their shortcuts differed.
0: Going back to one that you've already mentioned, Dave, uh, yeah. GarageBand. Uh-huh. It's great how uh, useful that app is because that recent Paul McCartney album, I don't know if I've said this to you before or whatever, but apparently a lot of that came from originally little things that he'd recorded on his iPhone with with GarageBand. And he's still got actual files right? that he'd recorded on GarageBand. He still got them as tracks on, on the eventual album songs <laughs> as well. And you think, wow, that quality is so good that yeah. it's on an actual album by a professional, you know artist like Paul McCartney, it's wow, incredible.
1: Imagine if the Beatles had, had garage bands. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> How much more music? Yeah, absolutely. They would have.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Imagine how lush and how big their orchestrations would have been. I mean, think of Jimi Hendrix. Yes, if he had more, you know, if he was able to go back and do what he did. Yeah. I mean, I, often I feel, and this is going to segue away, and then we can get back to it. But Rabbit Trail, uh, often I feel like Prince was a spiritual successor to Hendrix. Yep. And then we can get back to whatever. Mm. Yes. But
0: you know, I'd love to have seen what Prince would have done with the Garage Band back in the day. Actually, right. Before he had the uh, Paisley Park studio at his disposal, uh, you know that would have been wow, yeah, because that guy, that guy was quick.
1: Yeah, even jazz players back in you know the, oh, 50, yeah. the 40s and 50s, the forties and fifties, if they had garage band, that's uh, I've I've recently got well this year I've gotten into and I posted about it too about. um about jazz, I watched this like film uh, that you know PBS does. I, I don't ask me. Uh, I don't know why I was watching PBS, but that <laughs> this jazz thing came up, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" So it's like a whole the whole history of jazz. I mm-hmm. still have to get through like the 20th century of jazz, but oh man, I that's when I I went on Spotify and I searched uh, jazz classics and. I'm still in awe, right? All all these artists and just just the soul history of of jazz is just amazing, especially coming from like the the roots all over. Not even all over America, but like down from the south and then and then up north. And it's, it's it's a I love history, so the history of jazz. I I think they call it like jazz. Uh, history or something like that. It's on PBS. I think I was watching it on uh, Amazon Prime, and <sighs> I, it's it's amazing. But go go ahead. I, I just wanted to add in that jazz is just awesome. Hey, you know,
0: yeah, well, ch- yeah. Go on. go on, Dave.
2: Go no, on. I just could say you know I was uh, my first my first attempt at college uh, was as a jazz major playing guitar really so yeah you know i had i had been in you know working with a couple different groups uh you know started off with some basic blues stuff but immediately wanted to get into playing uh zeppelin and hendrix and the doors and yes there was something else that came up at that time too uh that was really popular for me and i'm like you know to really get a handle on it at least what I had gathered from all time was, you know, the best way to get a handle on my uh, capabilities was to learn jazz. So I spent almost two years as a jazz major at a local community college.
0: Your jazz guitar then, would you be influenced with the Schofield slash McLaughlin side or the Joe Pass, um, Larry Carlton side of things?
2: Uh, I'd probably go on the the... Carlton, Passside. Also more though than that, uh, Miles Davis. Yep. There is something that just drew me to how uh, horns and how saxophonists phrase things in jazz. So often when I'm thinking of things in my head and I'm playing, I think in those kind of phrasing terms rather than the standard guitar lines. I, I, I try to think more like, you know, what would a horn be doing right now kind of like what Keith Richards originally did for uh for uh, oh gosh satisfaction you know, that little yep. fuzz part was supposed to be uh was supposed to be a group of tr- uh, a trio of trumpets going dun, 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 dun and he just played it on a fuzz track I'm like well we don't have any money for your horn section so we're keeping what you just did
0: yeah, and the same with with the rhythm that he's got in uh, jumping jack flash that's yeah. got a very horn sort of sound to it as well a brass sound that you'd normally have in the horn section on on a song that's got that (istles) or whatever you can actually hear horns in your head doing those parts
2: yeah yeah and so jazz especially because a lot of the stuff that you do with with jazz is music you go more into uh, making it for the phrase, making it for the rhythm, not just to show off how many notes you can cram into three seconds. I mean, we all know the joke. You can either be a jazz player and play a thousand notes for 10 people, or you can be a rock star and play 10 notes for a thousand people. But <laughs> regardless of that, uh, you know, it's just the blank space. And that probably is where my, my drawing and art stuff comes into play is for me blank space is as important as everything else going on. You might not be able to tell up by my intro, but it's definitely there.
0: It's funny that you were that you mentioned Miles Davis because I was going to say when you, when you when we were both sort of talking around each other, I was going to mention Miles Davis and say that I said to someone before when I went to I think I went to a shop and I was talking about his later period. And I was saying to that person that if you if you look at it, a lot of the Miles Davis material with jazz is actually bringing in what's going to come next in the jazz world. So in the late 60s, you've got him ushering in what would become jazz fusion and progressive jazz. Yes, Wouldn't you know, like with, with In A Silent Way and Bitches Brew and albums like that? He's got that sort of. He's ushering that in. He's the beginning of, basically, what what you get with Weather Report, uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra, and those groups. And then mm. in the early seventies, or around 73, 74, he usher, ushers in the the jazz the jazz funk, with things like On the Corner and albums like that. So he's always there. Spearheading these new movements in jazz that are coming up. Yes, that's what I have yeah. to say to that. Yes. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So and there you go. And circling, there you go, Gil. Sort out your your Miles Davis. Yeah. And,
1: oh yeah. I I actually had to just look him up. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to I have to give him a quick Google.
2: But yeah, circling back around to what we were talking about with multitrack, you know, just imagine how. Big and bombastic and lush. A lot of the stuff that he did would just have become. Oh yeah. You know, although although on the other side of that, you know, just how fresh would everything still sound today, uh, even in its stripped down format? I mean, like so what? That is just beautiful the way it is. You know the. It is. Yeah. The brush on the snare. You know, it it replicates the sound. It always replicated the sound of of a needle on a record to me. The way the guy was doing the brushes on the drum set for that oh, song, yeah. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, I I always think that that song sounds better on vinyl because of that as well because it it's got that almost same timing that you've got on the brush sound that you, that scratchy sound you've got on the yes. the, the vinyl, yes. it's at the same pace as what he's doing with those brushes on the drums.
2: Agreed. Yeah. It just it just makes it happen, and it, it just it. It makes you appreciate vinyl so much more when you hear things like that, you know. And even today, like I was, or not necessarily right today, but a few years back, I was having to demo some equipment for a company I was working for, and someone's like, "Hey, that, why do you have that hiss in the background?" And I had to stop and listen, and it was like uh, an Alicia Alicia Keys song or something. Like, oh, that's actually part of the recording. Yeah. It's not has nothing to do with the fidelity of what you're listening through. It has to do <laughs> everything with they're trying to emulate that grainy vinyl sound. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So they've they nice. so they they've they've used uh, an onboard something onboard on a computer or processor to create that. Whereas back in the day, we would just yeah. naturally have had that because because we used reel to reel back in the the eighties and and then and the, the early nineties. I was still using reel-to-reel to to record back then as well yeah
2: my dad has still has his original reel-to-reel from the 60s or 70s and that thing is an amazing piece of work his old tiac yeah
0: i still use my four track tape recorder to record with
2: (laughs) that is awesome i have one it allowed me to find and to resurrect an old one of the first recordings that uh my second or third band did so that was kind of neat
1: you guys are speaking a foreign language to me.
0: <laughs> before, there di- before there was digital, before there was digital, we all had to use tape, Gil.
2: Yeah. We, you know,
1: history class. <laughs>
2: audio, audio looked like movie reels, like actual physical movie reels, <laughs> only it was audio.
0: Oh dear me, you to have to cut it up and cut bits <laughs> out and stick it back together again to, to tidy well, up the, the, I, the record.
1: I, I remember, I remember Putting a tape in in a you know like a small radio and and waiting for like a good song to come on and I I just remember like not getting like the first like twenty seconds of a song because I liked it so much to to put my tape recorder and to record it on the radio I remember that I remember those times and then later on on um, CDs came out and. And I used to record on CDs. I mean that that, that was that was a, you know when I first started getting into like music and stuff as a kid, to show my age.
0: <laughs> I mean, we we actually have a group on Facebook. Um, I don't know if Dave knows this. Where it's called I think it's called the four. I've called it the four track recording challenge. Where one person will record one track on track one. And then you'll send it in the in the mail to somebody else, anywhere in the world. And eventually it gets goes from one person to another, ten to another, and then to the final person, the fourth person, will then put their track on, mix wow. it, and then put the song up online. And you've all created a song just from that original first track of an instrument. <laughs> and before that there was no there was no song.
1: Wow. Oh that's
0: cool.
2: That is That's
1: awesome. Really cool. No, I haven't heard how how, how, uh, how far do you guys get, like, in, in you know, like, what, what countries?
0: Oh, one of them that what, I did for state? a challenge, one of them that I did for mm. a challenge, it had myself, so, in Nottinghamshire, UK, and then I sent it to somebody, I think he was in Iowa, and then it went to somebody in Melbourne, Australia, and it finished in uh, somewhere in japan yokohama i think in japan
2: that's sweet
0: isn't it i mean that's you'd have awesome. nothing to do with each other nor otherwise you wouldn't be doing anything would you because you're that far apart from each other it's not like you can be in the same room but doing right. it that way it's like wow incredible
2: oh, i should see if you could find that that'd be a great insert for right about now a little snippet of it
0: yeah yeah
2: that is so cool
0: Wow, I I need to to find that. You're making me do more work than I normally do. (laughs) Do (laughs) the (laughs) song. this song and put that in
3: this place here or just edit it. In there.
2: <laughs> oh, this is how my brain works when I do podcasts. So, welcome to my world. I will I will take things and cut them up and place them. I I I don't like using the insert feature that they have in the program. So, I just create extra tracks and bounce stuff down to that track and then pull it back oh, up yeah. to where I want it to yeah. be and spread it out and all that. I guess that for me is the modern version of tape cutting. So for some reason it just it feels good to be doing something more physical than just to click a button and have it magically appear in the right space. <laughs> oh, I'm in
0: sorry. a way it's better to do it that way with the ne- with an extra track because otherwise if you try to insert it into there, you sometimes get a glitch oh, no. like a that you have to then try and correct in the software. You have to do something about it, edit it, whereas if you put it on a different track you don't get that same effect, so you don't have to keep cleaning it up and and fade out and fade in and doing tricks like that to to get rid of those glitches. Where you're going from where you've thrown a track in the middle, or you've done right. what we used to do in the back in the days. We used to call it a punch in. Yes. But now, because you're doing it digitally, you actually get a glitch there where you didn't back in the day with the, with a punch it's in. It's true on tape.
2: Yeah, and the nice thing about that is then you also have the ability to you know, EQ it however you need to or whatever to enhance it to make it sound good, all those fun little things.
0: Probably lost a ton of people listening now who are just going, God damn, this is boring.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys are speaking a foreign language to me.
2: All right, well, we're, we're off of that. So we, let's see, we discussed <laughs> jazz. We got a little bit into power trios. We've talked about Prince. <laughs> Uh, we talked we about Prince and Hendrix, and you know I'm still convinced to this day that Jimi Hendrix didn't die. He just restarted as Richard Pryor, but that's my own theory. Uh, that can go somewhere <laughs> else someday. Everyone's just like, "What? Richard Pryor and Prince and and Jimi Hendrix and what?"
0: I'm, I'm picturing Richard. I'm picturing Jimi Hendrix now in Silver Street.
2: Hey, man. <laughs> Oh, That's a train Or in stare
0: crazy crazy when they're dressed in those um those bird costumes.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Wait, a bird costume? Oh yeah, they're in costume, aren't they? In uh oh in um Silver Streak? Chi- or which one? You- it's um, that one where they're in prison, isn't there, isn't it? And they're escaping from prison, so they're in bird costumes or, or something, aren't they? Stare crazy. Richard Pryor and yeah, uh, Gene crazy. Wilder. There you go. I have to find this. I have to find this video. <laughs> Gil, you would love that film. It's a classic. It's a good film. Oh,
1: it's, a, it's a film. Yes. It is a film. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Richard Pryor Gene Wilder. Yeah, you know, Gene Wilder, the guy who yep. who did uh Willy Wonka, right, the first time? Yes,
0: yes. Yes. Yeah, they didn't make, need to make another one cuz they already got it perfect. With Gene Wilder. So true.
1: Man, that yes. Willy Wonka film. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, Johnny. I, all respects to Johnny Depp, but uh, he he lost me when when he did that film. I mean, uh, I mean, altogether it was great. But you, the one thing that I took offensive to that was the oompa loompas. Okay, yeah, it, it's going to sound wild, but it, it was just the oompa loompas. Why did you have to do the oompa loompas like that? You didn't have to do them like that. They no. they, they were fine. Yeah. They're fine. Orange and green hair. They're
0: yeah. good. But but you also find in a way that those older films, without all of the CGI and whatever they've got in the Tim Burton mm-hmm. version, the older films have got a certain magic with the special effects that they use. Yes.
2: Yes. Agreed.
0: That that adds to that sort of childish wonder that you that you've got in that story naturally. You're almost taking away the the child that the, the story is there for a child by adding all of that gloss and the computer graphics and everything to the film.
1: Yeah. Like the original chocolate room is you can't get any better than that. than the original chocolate room with, with the chocolate, uh, the chocolate fountain. You, you just so can't. true. I mean, cinematically and just no. the art director and, you know, set person that just overall designed that thing. I mean imagination when when he sings that song.
2: Yes.
0: Absolutely. I love that song pure imagination. Yes. Nice song that is. Yeah. Yes.
2: I'm trying my best not to hum it right now, so that's why I'm being so quiet. I
1: uh, I'm humming I'm humming <laughs> it in my in my head right now. <laughs> I'm trying not to let it go.
0: I know. I, I know. I did a show about about music with uh, that was a group show before Christmas, and uh, Jen Jen Longworth, who uh, who is, who, I think she owns a, a, a Bourbon Barrel podcasting, you or know, she she works. Yeah, she does own the match the company. She was saying because she was on the show, and she just said, "Oh, she says, I'm eating this." She says every time you two you you lot are talking about songs, I've got them stuck in my head. <laughs> And she says, "I'm going to have them stuck in my head now for the whole day. All these songs that you're mentioning." And I said, "That's the good thing about music. If a song sticks in your head, it sticks in your head for a reason."
1: Yes, I still have the opening to uh, light my fire stuck in my head, but then after that, it's it's pure imagination.
0: Next now place. we've got to try. We've got to try and think of some more songs to be stuck in your head now, and we'll have a playlist for you. No doubt. Dear me. Can can we think of any Jimi Hendrix or or um, Led Zeppelin songs to, to be stuck in Gil's head?
2: Well, everyone I think everybody knows the riff to Black Dog because it has been it has been taken and inspired so many other tunes from it. Like it, it was like the it was in my opinion it's one of the that really exemplified the riff era of guitar playing you know, he had that whole part, and then Bonham trying to figure out how to play through it because the riff is in three-quarter time, and he just played through it in, in regular 4-4, four four and it just worked.
0: Yeah. Where did that riff come from? Because it's like, it's almost cut up where it fits in the meter. the meter. It's like... It's like, pardon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was written by John Paul Jones.
0: Wow! Yeah,
2: it was not. It was not done by by Page at all. It was. It was a musing of John Paul Jones that he uh, he came up with.
0: So did he? Did he write that on the bass or did he write that on guitar? Because I know he. I know he knows that he can play guitar. John Paul Jones, I know that from his solo stuff, but his soundtracks. But so, did he write that on guitar or bass? You
2: know, I don't know. No, I really don't know. I, I know that it, it was inspired by uh John Paul Jones listening to uh Electric Mud by Muddy Waters. Okay. But that's that's about as much as I know about it.
0: Wow. Yeah. You got me thinking now I need to create a losing three pool.
2: Right, and then just have the drum play through it at regular time and have it all come out in the end because what it ran it was yeah. it was that midriff, Yeah. da da yeah and that right after the main riff that right yeah
0: it's a bit like in the early 80s genesis did a song on the abacab album called keep it dark and that's that's a strange strange one because the the music is in six eight but phil collins on the drums is doing a four four and it just blows your mind that that it, it meets perfectly, huh. even though they're, they're doing two different time signatures. It's, it,
2: yeah, that's the beauty of music and math. It just works out. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like jazz. Yeah. You know? it,
0: eventually, three three fours yeah. are 12, and, one, six, and two sixes are 12, so eventually they meet up.
2: Yeah, yeah one one wrong note is, is blues. More than one wrong note is jazz. That's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Isn't that, that, that sounds very similar to a Miles Davis quote that does that's, about, I mean there, there's, there's no such thing as a wrong note. I think that's what it's, something like that I, I think something about there's no such thing as a wrong note. If it sounds right, then it's right.
2: Yes, I I concur with yeah. that. It's only wrong if you feel it's wrong and then you let everybody else know it is. <laughs> until yeah. then until then it's it's intentional. it's part of the show.
0: And don't ever work for James Brown back in the day, because he used to find people for making errors during playing songs. Oof! Watch me. Yeah, he did. Because apparently, you—you, I've—I've heard that you'll—you'll you'll see him on stage, and someone will play one note or something wrong, and he'll turn around and he'll just point to them. Oh, there's the, the somebody at the side of the stage who worked for James Brown and he used to take notes and write down like he'd <laughs> it, have a ledger of which people how many times each person's done a mistake and then oh. they dock docking the pay for the cons oh my gosh
2: yeah I could just hear him if he was actually vocalizing it
0: two dollar
3: yeah
1: no chicken dinner uh, for right, you. The Eddie Murphy impression. That, that Oh my gosh. Have, have oh, you guys Ed,
0: Ed, know, Eddie Murphy if, in coming I, to America when he does that singing.
1: <laughs> I recently watched uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, Delirium, or is, is it Delirious or Delirium? The 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 stand up where he
0: where he red, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, w- yeah where he's in that, the red leather yeah, jacket. That, that red leather
1: suit that he will never ever be able to fit in now. <laughs> oh man, I was I was rolling. It was like midnight, and I was watching that thing. You know, he had me dying. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things he said in there that you just if you say now, like just just in comedy, if, if you say now, like it, uh, you're you're canceled with with, with all this cancel culture. Like if Every joke, like even the opening jokes that he did about homosexuals and I mean, come on it's just classic. What he did is is just classic. And then I watched his other one Raw. Well, that uh, Delirium was 83 and then Raw was in 87. I think so. Yeah. And just all these AIDS jokes and I'm like, dude, like I mean that's when the height of the the AIDS epidemic was at its highest, and this guy was making jokes. It's like there's. I don't. Now you look back at, at at it being funny, but I can just imagine how it would be uh, back in that time, at, just as a viewer listening to this guy, you know, comically.
2: Okay. it all depended on who you were too? Yeah, I. Know I I worked for some people, I should say, at one point in my life, I was working around some sticks in the mud, Mm -hmm. and things that my sense of humor just found absolutely hilarious, they found to be completely inappropriate Mm -hmm. and offensive, and I'm like, okay. I didn't think it was that bad. (laughs) I didn't swear.
1: Did did I say the F word? No. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, uh,
2: whatevs, but Okay. (laughs)
1: But but yeah, the, that you can see where where my mind is. Oh yeah, uh, th- that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that hilarious. I The whole thing was just hilarious. I didn't find offense to anything that that man said. So yeah, no. That's it's... where my that's where my humor is.
2: Well, and he brought it off. Anybody? Like- yeah, he brought it off as as art. He wasn't trying. To, yeah, he wasn't. You know necessarily doing it for the sake of of shock yeah you know Mm -hmm. at that point it wasn't it wasn't like in raw where he was just you know dropping dropping more f-bombs than we ever could on any given country Yes, uh but yeah no you know and cancel culture i mean look they had to they fired and rehired james gunn for crying out loud over something that he He posted on twitter five years prior
1: yeah five years I think
2: it was something like that. Cause Jeez. it wasn't like in 2014 Yes, it was 2018 when they fired him. And I think it was 2014 that the twit was the, when the tweet, <laughs> when the tweet was made, the twit. when the twit made the tweet and everyone got all unhappy with him about it. Cause someone went back and combed through everything that he ever posted and said, Oh, Jeez. this was not good. Naughty, naughty bad for you. And so they fired him Jeez. from guardians of the galaxy and, Realized very quickly that was not a good move.
1: Awful. Five years. Yeah. Something you said five years can get you. That right.
2: No and, bueno. You know, and you've seen that we've seen that in in uh, in the politics bashing all the time. You know, yeah, somebody changes a stance. Well, they said this back in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, well it's two thousand and nineteen now, bro, so I don't get it. You know, people are allowed to actually, you know, grow up, change their mind. Yeah,
1: can 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 I just say something without being, <laughs> you know, automatically thinking whatever. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. That's just horrible. I mean, I'm we're in the cancel culture now, so I can I can't even think about what people said, you know, back in the day before cancel culture.
0: I, I think, think. Um, it's the potential bad side to social network really, isn't it? That way you put something out there and it's there for everybody to see. You yes. can go back to it and, and, and that, and um, but um, I seem to remember that, that thing with James Gunn, that it, um, wasn't he sort of anti-Trump or something? And, and somebody from Trump's uh, thing actually brought that into the open about James Gunn saying that almost to basically bring it out in the open so it to it, it do something to James Gunn's career. I can't remember now. I don't know who James Gunn is. Who Who's that?
2: Uh, uh, he's the director for Guardians of the Galaxy. He did yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy oh,
0: okay. 1 and 2. The director. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he wrote God The Guardians of to the Galaxy films as well. Yeah. Got yeah, it.
1: Imagine if, well, does Richard Pryor have a Twitter? No, he, he passed away, didn't he? I'm sure somebody has. Is doing, Imagine like, if a a he has a Twitter? Twitter. Oh, my gosh.
0: His ex-wife's probably got a Follow. Twitter with his name on it or something. So. Follow that a, right now. A bit, a bit like Prince's family have got a tw- got an Instagram account for Prince, you know,
1: or Rodney Dangerfield had a had a
0: Twitter account? Yeah. I or mean, Elvis Instagram? Elvis Presley's got an Instagram account. Yeah. You know, I right? <laughs> that's, verif- that's verified. <laughs> I mean,
2: you know, there there is something They're that...
0: Verified? Yeah, it's verified. <laughs> it's got the green tick.
2: You know, back I mean, in the...
0: That, that guy's been dead for 43, 43 and a half yeah. years, you know. And yeah, yeah, this is really Elvis Presley that, that has this account.
2: My parents probably taught me one of the most valuable lessons back in the day, and that is if I don't agree with something or I find it offensive, I turn it off.
0: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Turn it off. You know, the, the, these people that writing about films and television and that—if you don't like the program, turn it off. Put something else on.
1: There's an option. I mean, we live in in <laughs> 2021. There's a million different things that you can do with your little computer in your pocket and I mean there's 7.2 billion people on this earth and you're going to let one person's word on the internet you know you don't even gosh know where these people are from and you're going to let that kind of you know ruin your home your whole day come on like I posted this thing about um, this article this site and it Ver verified from you know a science article that I posted on uh, the Mind Buzz podcast Instagram, and it was about uh, this gentleman who brewed a magic mushroom tea, and he drank it, or no, 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 he didn't drink it. He he like injected it into like his body, and I guess the the headline said magic mushrooms grows inside man but yeah i saw that you 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 saw that right yeah but when you when you go down to the comments on on my post like there was just all these pro psychedelic people no i get it like i get it oh this is anti-drug this is (laughs) anti-psychedelics but it's like dude come on they're using this as clickbait but if you actually go into the article and actually read the article you know take 10 minutes away from your bong and put that down and actually read the science article. You can tell that that is the headline is just a way to get you hooked to reading the article And the article is backed by scientific proof and and just backed by science scientists and mycologists also that study uh, these kinds of fungus. and, And you'll read that this is—I mean, this stuff can happen—and and I, I read it, and it—it it just the guy got a fungal infection. It, you know, caps and stems didn't really grow in his body. Come on, that's absurd. Like, really? Come <laughs> on, dude, don't don't get mad. And the, these guys were getting <laughs> mad at me because I posted it. They're like, "Why? Why are you posting this fake stuff?" I'm like, "What are you talking about, fake stuff? Read the article.
0: Did you read it?" And of course, sir. I did.
1: No, you
4: You just read the headline.
2: Exactly, right there.
0: I've done that before, though, when I've put things up. I've put things up online that that I've seen, and I've sort of, like, scanned the article in a way, but missed everything in the article, put it up, and then somebody's put up, you know, dude, have you read all this article? And then they'll point something out that I've missed, and I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. I didn't say that. So you have to be really careful what you put up. And also that if you do respond to something that someone's put up, make sure that you know what you're actually responding to yeah. and basically what you're putting up as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My girlfriend is the, my PR person. Definitely. Yeah. She, she That's what she tells me. She's like, just watch what you reply to, to these kinds of people. Because my, the, the mind buzz podcast, um, Instagram account on Facebook account is, is uh, is not private and it's open to anybody, uh, you know, willing to go on to the page. So just anybody like anything that my post falls into the algorithm, like uh, it reaches, you know, you know, so many people and, you know, other people have their, their doubts. Like I was saying about the, the magic mushroom thing, like, I had lots of people from like both sides are like, Oh, what? No way. This is crazy. And then like others, like I said, like these, um, these other guys saying, Oh, this is wrong. Uh, I mean, the fake news, uh, fake. This is a fake article to, to get people to start bashing psychedelic drugs. Even we're in the area of decriminalizing them in the United States. And it's still like, dude, read, The article that's why i posted it i even put the link on the 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 post also for you know people to copy and paste on there and it's still like you didn't read the whole thing if you read the whole thing then you'll know that this guy got a fungal infection from injecting himself with magic mushrooms i mean come on what do you think that's gonna happen what do you think
0: Re- is, is when you put books up that you have read. I mean, I've put it up as well because when we talked last time, yes, I actually put up to proved into. I put up that my uh, my own copy of the Tibetan Book of the Dead that I've got. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. and uh, and then you, you get people sort of question you about it, and you think if you actually read that book, how can you comment on a book that you have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever about? Don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, oh, literally, literally in that case yeah. <laughs> there, there's an old saying
1: <laughs> and a song too right
0: yeah. yeah, I think there's a song called that as well don't judge a book by its cover yeah. or, or at least an opening I mean uh, I don't
2: know. that's Aerosmith don't judge Isn't a it? book by its cover or who you're going to love by your lover right yes. dude looks like a lady of course
0: it is Yeah, dude looks like a lady
2: yeah, written uh, in part by Desmond Child.
0: Oh, the man that's wrote, written for so many bands, it's unbelievable. Between him and D- Diane Warren, they've written for basically everybody.
2: Yeah, he wrote Gene Simmons' favorite Kiss song. I'm totally kidding there. It's his least favorite song ever in the lineup. I Was Made For Loving You. Yes,
0: Yeah, which is a good song. It's a great song. And, I love that Gene, song. Gene I, I, hates I, it. I, dis- I disagree with, uh, with Gene on that one. I'm sorry, Gene.
2: Well, you know, it's because it made money and it, it wasn't his.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your acting's terrible in Runaway, and you've got a bad taste in songs. <laughs> and it had,
1: it had, I think because it had like a, it wasn't like rock and roll enough for him. Maybe because it was more on like the disco side and the more on the, you know. Groovy side rather than the hard metal stuff that they used to play, or are they even considered metal? Pop metal. I mean, was that considered yeah. metal
0: back in, in the 70s? I've not thought about that before now, but you're right, Gil. That's got it's almost like um the the, the blondie blondie sort of feel with atomic and that sort of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that sort of feel to it,
2: yeah. They're kind of like post punk, you know, it was like they didn't know how to they couldn't play punk music, but. They knew how to make hooks, and write lyric yeah. lyrical hooks.
1: I mean, back in I mean, when when At the height of their career, who who was going? You know, on the on the punk side, was it uh, the Ramones? Maybe was it the Who? I, I mean, would when say- when they were going. Yeah, I, would I mean, mean, they're the only ones with the makeup, right? And and the whole yes. get up and and the and the stage stuff. Yeah, that was their.
2: That was their shtick,
1: and yeah, because it was seventy three. Mm. Was when they came came
2: around.
0: Yeah, seventy three. So, yep. Yeah, so they would have been influenced. The stage makeup that would have been an influence from glam from glam rock, wouldn't it, of the early seventies? Yeah, you know, Mark Boland and T Rex and that sort of thing. Yeah, UFO. David Bowie.
2: Well, yeah. UFO would have come yeah. after. But yeah, 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 David Bowie for sure. He was again not a pi- not necessarily the pioneer, but he was the one who made it popular. Yeah. Yes, he developed that whole persona around it and that's kind of what kiss did was each of them had their own persona you know the the demon the the star child the yeah and all that yeah
0: well the star child was probably influenced by um aladdin Sane, i would have thought that era of david bowie
2: yeah i, I would think so yeah well,
0: but well, david bowie there I was going to say David Bowie. There, you've got somebody who, you know, thinking about it. You've not just got his material, but he was influential in other ways because his work with the Stooges and Iggy Pop and Lou Reed.
3: Mm, yeah,
0: because he was a produ- he was a producer for all of those. I think. Yeah, he produced "Real Power," didn't he? By the Stooges, their, their best album, arguably.
1: You know, I didn't know that when Nirvana did The Man Who Sold the World, that that was a a David Bowie song? Isn't that wild?
0: <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it, where you'll listen to a song and you'll listen and think, that's a really good song. And only after so long you th- do you find out, oh, that's a cover version. There's a lot yeah, of songs like... like that that you'll hear. Yeah, and you'll uh... think, oh, I didn't know that was a cover version.
1: I watched the film about uh, David Bowie and that tune came out like that, that opening guitar tune from the man who sold the world. It, it came out and I was like, where have I heard that song before? Yeah. I'm thinking in my head, i was like, this is Nirvana. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. This is not happening. And, and I looked it up and I was like, dude, like i I fell in love with that album. That whole album is like my... My theme, well, it was my theme, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that 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 blew my mind. It it blew my mind that I I I thought Nirvana and and um, I thought they that was their original song.
0: Yeah, I mean, I never really googled it or anything, but it happens. It happens a lot with Bob Dylan songs as well, doesn't it? Oh yeah, you'll hear a song and you'll not know that it's a Bob Dylan song.
2: Can I drop another Nirvana? Go on, on, Dave. I was going to say, can I quickly drop another uh, Nirvana mind bomb on you?
1: Blow my mind, Dave. Come As You Are.
2: Or not Come As You You Are. um, Yeah, Come As You Are was based on a riff from a song called 80s by the band Killing Joke.
0: Killing Joke. (laughs) Yes, it is.
2: Have, Have to go look that up. Have to go listen to the song 80s by Killing Joke and then listen to Come As You Are.
0: It is because mm. that's on the. That's the that's the first Killing Joke album yes. that that's on. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Did not make that band happy. <laughs> I, I've not. Now, now that I listen to it, I can hear. I can hear the song eighties. I can hear that. Sir. Wow. There 80s. you go. My mind's blown. It. Yep. Yep. You, you'd like Killing Joke as well. They're fabulous. They are They're sort of like really? they've got a punky. They've got yeah, a punky, punky. edge. But because of the bass player, original bass player, Youth, he has a very dub, um, um, sample sort of uh, approach to, to, his music, to, to, to what he puts into the music. So his bass lines will be that sort of way inclined. And as a producer, he's, he's an incredible producer. He's worked with uh, Crowded House and all sorts of people.
1: That is such a mind def that I I nature calls. So uh, give me about two seconds. I have uh, I have caffeine on an IV at the moment because of the new semester that I started. So um, that that co- that coffee's calling. So uh, the mind buzz will be
0: back in like three minutes. Tell you what, Gil, we we'll leave it there and we'll come back and have another chat and we'll just put the two chats together as an entire episode. How does that sound?
2: Sounds solid yeah. to me. Or what? Yep. Um, yeah.
0: You okay with that Dave? Because I've got to get ready for work. I start right. Working yeah. Right yeah, we've had a oh, we've okay. had a good
2: believe it or not it's been over an hour conversation so far. This was great. So oh,
0: Okay. Maybe that's why.
1: My my last <laughs> podcast was like two I was it was 3 hours. It was 3 hours and I had to cut it down to 2 hours because that's all I had <laughs> on my my ah. thing thing. But um I
0: yeah. I, I thought years. you would have made. I thought you would have made that into three or four shows, Gil.
1: No, I was I was going to do that. Uh, that mm-hmm. that was my original plan when I went into it. But I was like, you know what? All this stuff is just so good that I do not want to cut it up, and I, I'll just throw that. I'll just throw that in all in there. And and the and the a buddy of mine, Adam. He's he's hilarious. We've been friends forever, so we can just. We can we can do a like four hour podcast. Uh, honestly, we can if, if we really wanted to. If we had enough coffee and cannabis to get us you know through that podcast, we'll do it.
0: I think us three, if I wasn't going to work and we didn't have other things, we would probably be the same way. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. This was yeah. great.
0: This it was. was awesome. I think that's a
1: great topic.
0: Anyway, happy New Year, guys, and as if by magic for the listener. We are about to move to the future, to next week, when we talk again and put it into the same episode.
3: episode. (laughs)
0: There we go. (sighs) Computer. I have a uh, delivery from Amazon coming, coming sometime shortly, so I don't know when they're going to turn up. They have a uh, new XLR cable for me, and a a a bag for the uh, for the new laptop, so it can be put away and not out all the time.
2: Nice. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm surprised now that now that Eddie has passed on, rest in peace, that Amazon hasn't tried to take Panama and turn it into a song about them.
0: Yes. Ooh, they're they probably listen They're going. They're going to listen into the show now. Yeah.
1: Don't, no. don't give them any ideas. And they'll man. nick that.
0: No, no. They're, they're already taking over the world, them and um, Disney.
1: Well, I heard uh, Jeff Bezos, he's uh, stepping down as CEO.
2: Well, you know, now he's got $3 billion in the bank. Why not? <laughs> sure. I was
0: thinking the same thing. Yeah, pocket, too. pocket change. <laughs> pocket monkey. Pocket change. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Excuse me, I am.
2: I am finally, for once, going through uh, issues with my software. I've never had this yes. happen before. Yeah. Why is this being so dorky?
0: I've already said to Gil that I've got microphone envy because I'm using the phone and you to have your schmancy, mancy new um.
3: That's
2: too. Yes, Gil. So yours was gifted to you. That is so awesome, man! Wow. Yeah yeah cool is, yeah yeah it's not
0: not a bad way to go at all
1: no not at all
0: so is that a fan um, of the show that did that or a friend or family a friend oh that is so cool
2: yeah friends are cool yeah. I like having friends aren't they
0: I like friends I like that I like having you two as friends
1: oh yeah you guys are great yeah
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've started writing my segment uh, again, uh, Gil for this next show of yours, and hopefully, okay. <laughs> hopefully, you'll have sound was, with it this time.
1: That was so weird.
0: It was so weird. I recorded it, and there was a sound wave, and then I sent it to you, and there was no sound on the file that you yes.
1: got. You know, Marv. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I have no idea
2: what happened. That happened. No. I sent you a file as well. Yeah. Wow. But for me, I found out what it was. For some beautiful reason, I have to press the play button and, yeah. in the software, or else it will say it's creating a file, and it does create a file. but mm. it's, it's, like, uh, it's like Taylor Swift. It's all blank space.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We keep mentioning Taylor Swift. Eventually, she'll give us uh, sponsorship money. Eventually. Eventually. Yes. Yeah. We can hope. <laughs> oh, and we want sponsor money from all these companies we mentioned. Thanks.
1: <laughs> At least from
2: one.
0: Oh, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or, or have somebody call us and tell us how to set up affiliate links and we'll be happy.
1: Oh Yeah, there you go. There that's you go. A, that's it. Way to go. I was reading well, uh, on... Well, on on those and that's that's like uh that's like step one at least for our, like a uh, passive income small small increments but you got to drive you got to drive your your people to that link.
2: right yeah you have to have some some way that makes it easy include it in every every single thing you do yeah it's
0: just yeah it's like um, I, I used to. I used to do a blog about. Um, I think I was doing a blog about the solo Beatles songs and going through them and explaining, you know, the chords and the structures and that. And I thought, and um, that I thought, oh, I might be able to make some uh, a bit of cash from this, and and have a link to because uh, they used to have this thing on Amazon called Amazon Affiliates. So mm-hmm. I'd have links to whatever albums the songs were from. I'd have a link to the Amazon um, page for that through uh, the affiliate uh, thing that they had in place, uh, but it, it was ridiculous because you'd, you'd like get a penny for every one hundred hit or something. So you'd think, well, why am I even bothering doing this? Because it's, really? it's almost it's almost pointless. It's like sales on Spotify or
2: something. <laughs> I was I was not going to use the S word. But
0: that's oh, I'm I- very sorry. they'll they'll be removing me now at this rate
1: (laughs) oh yeah probably i I need to stop talking about advertisement then (laughs) Uh, on my uh what i
2: really want to know though is why is spilled liquid soap so hard to clean up
0: yeah right well yeah why but it's supposed to be that it's supposed to be something that cleans so why something that's supposed to clean, a pain to be able to clean off?
2: Because, right. You know, soap clean thyself.
0: I don't know.
1: If you use a towel to to clean it up, I mean, you clean the towel
0: also in
1: the floor. So, yeah. You birds with one stone. You
0: know, you can, up, yep. yep. that's it. We can rely on guilt to come out with the best answer. If you clean it with a towel, you've cleaned the towel at the same time.
3: Well, yeah, there you
0: go. Yep. <laughs> two birds, one stone yeah, That's what he said, two birds with one stone yeah. You and Louise are thinking alike, Gil Yeah You should give Louise a microphone <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. So when, when we uh, when we caught up last week, uh, Gil and, and you were <laughs> you, you forgot or didn't remember when the uh, that we we're getting back together. Me and Dave did uh, like this thing yeah. of out of the hat. Where these uh-huh. there's these actual hat, there's a physical hat that I've got, and it's like questions or prompts for subjects. And uh, and oh, I said okay. to Dave, I was looking forward to to it. I said because um, one of them that I pulled out was um, uh-huh. what one item that you own could you could you not live without? And uh, and I said to Dave, I said well underwear. Yeah. And then Dave Dave said his glasses. So what one item that you own, Gil, could you not live without? What one thing? Yep. Yeah, that you own, that you couldn't live without.
1: Well, I don't own the internet, so that's beautiful to know.
0: Well, nobody it makes my d- phone. D- it, Does it anybody my phone? It has to be your phone, right? It okay. has to be my phone. It has to. Be. I'm a
1: millennial. And if I don't have yep. my, phone, I will, I would melt.
0: Wow. <laughs> Go on then. What other, what other out of the hat have we got? Oh, for out of the hat. Out of the hat. You can actually hear me pulling it out of the hat. Yeah. See that? Yeah. An actual piece of paper. Oh. Well, I know the answer to this with Dave. Um, okay. Have you ever met anyone famous?
3: Hmm. Have you ever met anyone famous? Hmm.
2: Or who was the first famous person you met? Well, yes, yeah. Don Knotts was the first famous person I met. Okay met him at the Old Town Playhouse in Traverse City, Michigan. He was actually in a play. Wow.
0: Wow. So Don Knotts. Who was the first famous person I met? Well, it it wouldn't translate. Um, I don't know. Probably the bass player from a a late 70s, early 80s uh, punk band called Stiff Little Fingers. Uh, i was i was playing a gig in a in a in a pub somewhere and uh, he was there at the time as a uh talent scout for uh a record company and uh, we had a chat with him and he was saying um uh, you you two you and the guitarist because we were three trio at the time he said uh, you two are fine ditch the drummer <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hardy Blair, huh? Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Not not the best not the best thing to say because drummers are probably one of the most difficult things to get hold of.
2: And yet we have so many good jokes about drummers. I know. I know. Like, how do you know when the How do you know when the stage platform is even? The drill runs out both sides of the drummer's mouth. Yes. <laughs> how do you get a drummer to leave your house
0: pay him for the pizza oh, pay him for the pizza <laughs> yeah. oh man oh, okay. <laughs> go on then Gil who, was, who Who have you met that's famous
1: you know what I don't think I've met anybody famous
0: no getting, who was famous that got a chance to meet you then But that's that's it. People need to meet Gil because Gil's gill's fast becoming famous on the internet.
1: Oh no. No. That'd be nice. Um no. Miley Cyrus.
0: Wow. Have you, have you met met Miley Cyrus or have you just gone to see her in concert?
1: No, I just said that. <laughs> good, good thing for YouTube. <laughs> no, I you know what? I, I haven't um, met anybody famous? I've seen somebody famous. Uh, I didn't okay. actually meet them, I didn't have the oh. uh, the the guts to go up and, and say hello. But uh, Russell Simmons, wow,
3: wow,
1: yeah, yeah, I seen him at a uh, vegan restaurant in uh, downtown LA. Yeah, I died. Wow, I,
0: that guy is so cool.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah. He was just sitting right there. He was eating, and and I was like, uh, "That's," but uh, yeah, I mean, I seen him. I, I didn't actually meet him, but that was that's my uh, close encounter with somebody famous.
0: You just know that if you went up to somebody like that, and then you started, I mean, like him, you'd be going well. Basically, talking about the history of of hip hop, he would probably be so sick of you within a couple of minutes because these. Celebrities don't really want that, do they, when they're out on their own and you know, in the in their own private lives, they don't want you encroaching on it and asking them those sort of things.
1: Yeah, I don't but, I don't think so. Especially when he was eating.
0: Yeah. But he's the perfect person to ask about that subject.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but, um...
2: This awkward silence so, brought to you by No Thoughts at All.
0: That's right. Bum, bum, bum. So what have you both been up to this week then? Uh, Gil, how did your show go on uh, Monday than your new experiment?
1: Um, pretty
0: good. Yeah. I
1: think it's... Uh, I'm. I'm looking at the stats right now. And initially... I get the same, you know, response and downloads, but I will see what happens over the weekend because I usually get like a little small spikes, at least starting today all the way up until Sunday. But we'll see. And also to throw another uh, kind of uh, variable into that is the episode that aired today with Dave. So uh, yes, I want to look at that to see how that's gonna uh, take a hit on the last um, last one recorded. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it this is the first time, at least for me, putting out uh, content it within the same week. So I want to see yeah. how that how that uh, how how that's gonna look. Yeah, I so saw
2: it's like about an hour and 30 minutes, which isn't too yeah. shy of our, our conversation. Yeah,
1: no. yeah so, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll do in time with this little experiment.
0: And you got, um, you did very well on that Monday show. You know, you, you weren't too far off your original plan of half an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, I don't... <laughs> I need like a, a buzzer or somebody to pull the mic or pull the plug off of me from talking sometimes.
0: Yeah, we got through no.
1: two-thirds of the questions, so it wasn't that bad.
0: You you're like one of those um, you know, those things you used to have as a kid, you know, those little um where you where you pull a cord and it should just keep talking and never okay. stop, you know, until the cords run out and then you pull it again. And so you're sort of like you go on to Zoom or whatever and you just go for it and can't stop. That, that, yeah. That's that's Gil.
2: It's like I just yeah. watched this episode of Animaniacs with my daughter. It's at the end of season one, yeah. and they 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 crash this big Who's Who five star buffet, and Wacko meets this person. I can't remember his name, but he just starts talking, and like for the next ten minutes. No matter what scene any of the Animaniacs are in, he is monologuing the entire time right up to brushing teeth and going to bed and eating breakfast (laughs) this morning. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is so insane. Yet it's so hilarious. It's like seeing something and not being able to take your eyes off it, even though you don't want to see it. Like, I don't want to see this. Why am I so transfixed on this at the moment? Yeah. That's not what Gil did, by the way, though. He actually let me talk. So I did. I did. (laughs) No, because you know, amazingly enough, I grabbed the mic and goodbye, everybody else.
0: (laughs) Think about animaniacs is that I don't know about you, Dave, but it's that sort of show where when it came out, I probably should have been not watching it, but because my younger brother was a lot younger than me, twelve years younger or whatever, I'd get away with it by watching it with him. But it's a great show, no matter what age you are, because there's something in there for whatever age you are, adult or child. It's it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was one of the best things that Steven Spielberg has ever produced. Yes.
0: Yeah. There's just no no way around it. Kudos to them for bringing it back as well soon.
2: Right? Yeah, kudos for for Hulu. Now, here's an idea that I've had, because they're on Hulu. Now, Hulu executives, I want you to listen. Why don't you start your own horror movie channel and call it Cthulhu? Just putting that out there for you. Wouldn't take
1: much.
0: Whoa, now that is a mind buzz right there.
1: I would definitely, definitely. It's a mind buzz. It's a deep shower thought. Cthulhu. Cthulhu.
0: Do me, how many um, yeah, how many podcast um, things can we get into one conversation? <laughs> we've got Dave's Deep Shower Thoughts and we've got the Mind Buzz podcast.
1: Oh, he was rolling with those. I I'm I need a. I'm gonna do like a separate like video, you know, different clips with all those uh, all those Deep Shower Thoughts, Dave. They didn't make the episode, but I'm going to, in the future, I'm going to put out like a kind of, like, not like a bloopers thing, but kind of, you know, like going over the past couple of episodes or something like that. I don't know. To be completely open and honest, yeah, you know, I've,
2: you know, actually, you know, feel free to use that as an insert sometimes. Okay? Wow.
0: That's a great idea.
2: Yeah, deep, deep shower thoughts with Dave Belnet from... Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast. That's totally fine. Wow. There's your intro right there. This is your Deep Shower Thought with Dave Belknap from Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast. There. I can take that little recording and do whatever you want with it.
0: Hey, this is Marl from Pods Like Us, and you're listening to The Mind Mindbores with Gilbert Angriano.
3: What's that? It's Gil.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Like advertising machines. (laughs) I've just done you a clip for your show, Gil.
1: You got that, uh, you still have that hat? That's such a great idea to get, like, (laughs)
0: the juices phone in the morning. (laughs) Oh, he wants the hat. Oh, here we go. What have we got now, then? Can you hear that? There you go. In the hat. What now? Ooh. Actually it could be anything this. What's your preferred way of listening to music? CD, vinyl or streaming?
1: Oh, I'm going to have to say vinyl. Yes, me. vinyl yeah. but with headphones yeah yeah so I can hear the needle so you can hear the needle the vinyl there's there, there's something about that hissing that just you know, adds extra good crack especially if it's a uh, dark side of the moon
0: yeah right I mean that that, that yeah. needle sound works perfectly for that um for that feel that they've got on the album as well it, I've always thought that Dark Side of the Moon doesn't work as well. Um, streaming it, uh, well, definitely streaming it because it's yeah. almost like it's too clear a sound for that album and um, CD as well. That's got a clarity that I think takes away think- from the album as well. So I'd probably go with vinyl as well,
1: yeah. I think because maybe the Okay, so when you're listening to vinyl, it's like a consistent spin, right? So there's consistent like hissing and sound for from the from the vinyl player, and plus that album is kind of like a I, I don't know what you call it in music. Uh, maybe you guys uh, know the correct wording on this, but like when when it's on an album and it's uh, the song kind of, you know, jumps from one to two into the next, but there's no really, like, stop in between those two songs. It kind of just, like, flows into the, uh, you know, the next song. Kind of like the Love Album with the Beatles. Yes. Each song kind of, like, flows into each other. I think it just, it it works beautiful and sounds beautiful. Yeah.
0: I actually think the Love Album is uh, one of the best things that the Beatles estate have brought out in the last 20 years, personally. I think that's really clever and a great piece of work. Yeah. Segways. Segways. There you go. Word for the day. Segway. (laughs) Segway. Word of the day. We're coming up with these new sections for the trio of pods. Hello, you're listening to Trio of Pods. <laughs> What's your favorite um, way to listen to music then Dave?
2: Well currently it is CD, but that is only because I am on one of my hunts to find the perfect vinyl player. So that that's what happens to me is you know, I, I start looking into it and then I see one. And I see another, and then I find all these ones that are like way more money than I'd ever feel <laughs> would be good to spend on a platter device in my lifetime. So then I start slowly backing down, and then the one that I want is you know, now on back order for at least 30 days. So just kind of waiting to see what, what becomes available here in the near future. But uh, vinyl would be my preferred way. However, uh, my collection tells me that it's CDs.
3: Right, cool.
0: So, dear me, this dead air is brought to you by Trio of Pods. Trio. Of Pods.
1: <laughs> Trio.
0: Yes. Oh, Louise is passing me the hat again. Here we go. Wow. Well done, you. Well, what is the best concert you've ever been to? Oh. Dave?
2: The best concert I've ever been to. So one that I have attended and not played in. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: that, that shortens the list here. <laughs> yeah, it was back to
2: 1996. And the honest-to-goodness answer for that would be a keyboard player, singer, uh, known primarily in the uh, contemporary Christian market as Michael W. Smith. Yep, I've heard of him, yep. He had an amazing, amazing (coughs) band director uh, behind him named Brent Borges. And what they did with the arrangements and the singers and everything was just flat out amazing to me. That was probably what uh, hit me the the most effective to me, the most memorable because of just him taking, you know, stuff that I'd knew and heard, and it was was all right, but he took something that was kind of just all right to me and made it great. And that was what made it uh, probably the most memorable for me out of any of the concerts that I have been to in person. Close up on that was seeing a band in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, called Johnny Q Public, and uh, they're kind of a a proto-punk alternative. You know, what what would you call it? the The Seattle sound of the early '90s, kind of that grunge thing. And at the end of their, they just took and they trashed everything. I mean, not I, I don't believe a single one of their instruments survived the end of the show. They were just—it was kind of fun to watch.
0: But um, that, that reminds me of Jimmy Hendrix because of him trashing the guitar. But apparently, every time that concert, fi- this concert's finished, one of the roadies took the guitar, or the pieces, and put it all back together again. That's commitment. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And that that roadie whose name—here we go—useless trivia. Whose name was, I think it was Jerry Stickles, ended up being chief roadie for the band Queen in the seventies and eighties. That's because he was a champion, my friend. Yes, we are. We are the champions. That's yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the best concert you've been to, Gil?
1: You know what? I'm gonna to have to say when I went to go see Slipknot a couple of years ago, that wow. was a pretty, that was a pretty cool show. I seen them at uh, Knotfest yep. over here in in the middle of nowhere in in Southern California. They were cool. I seen uh, them and uh, Volbeat. They're yep. Pretty- yeah, that, I mean, that, that aside from uh, POD, it, that's an old item oh, yeah. that I listened to in the 90s. Dave, have you heard of them? Payable on demand?
2: Yes.
3: Uh, payable yes.
2: I, I might have uh, a couple of pieces of memorabilia of theirs or two or mm-hmm. something from before they got signed to a big label and then signed to a bigger
1: label yeah they were they were um they're pretty cool i seen them like in the early maybe 2000s oh wow yeah uh
2: late 90s here snuff the punk yeah yeah snuff punk them and uh another group that was kind of in the same vein but didn't get as much recognition called uh disciple oh okay. i remember i remember their first album my daddy can whip your daddy at that <laughs> That was
0: an epic,
1: epic album.
0: With an epic title. (laughs)
1: Yeah. What about you, Marv? What's the
0: Um, best concert? Probably the best concert I've seen would be um, uh, Rage Against the Machine when they were touring the um, Battle for Los Angeles album. uh, So that was... I saw them at Wembley Arena in London and it was amazing because I was only probably five rows away from the front, but as I looked back, even in the stalls and on the floor, the whole arena was a mosh pit with everybody jumping throughout from start to finish. It was just wall-to-wall riffage for the whole performance and it was they are an incredible band live amazing but then their first their first album was all recorded live as well and the second one um evil empire they were both recorded live anyway so it's amazing
2: see that's the only way i ever knew how to record stuff in the early 90s yeah you put the band on the same room or in sections of the same room and they just let them have at it I always felt yeah. they got the best energy. Yeah. You,
0: know, you go back. It's like, everything yeah. out. That, that's why pill jams 10 sounds as good as it does, because that's the band in the studio together. Just going for it. Absolutely.
2: The best concert that I ever missed out on seeing would probably have to be Zach Sabbath. Wow. That, okay. That was a lot of fun. It was, it, you know, Zach Wild, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's first guitar player after his hiatus following the uh, following his time with Jakey Lee, and after the the, the passing of Randy Rhodes. But uh, yeah. yeah, Zach Sabbath, him doing all Black Sabbath stuff with his group. Uh, it was oh, probably nice. seen, but uh, you know, after after having to wait an hour and a half for for our dinner to show up while I was in Anaheim, uh, and then yeah. finally getting to eat it. I'm like, you know, I just don't have the energy to walk another two miles tonight. I think I'll just go back to the hotel.
0: Last summer, uh, I was supposed to see George Clinton at the uh, Rock City in Nottingham. And obviously, because of everything being locked down and, and that, I wasn't able to see him. And I, that's awful, because I was really looking forward to seeing that guy, because he's a legend.
2: Absolutely. Oh, man, yeah. that would be sweet. I mean, the closest thing I had to that was my son We uh, really started getting into some of the arena rock groups. And we had tickets. We were supposed to have gone and seen this past October, uh, Death Leopard with ZZ Top. And wow. I, uh, I had oh, meet man. passes to to oh. get him into the band. Wow, that's that's so, so cool. Yeah, I would have loved to have done that. But that, uh, that fell apart. Thanks, COVID. Yeah.
1: Thanks, yeah. COVID. Yeah. <laughs>
2: thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was happy to be able to get him to see another group from the '90s called Warrant. Uh, wow. Yeah, one of the guitar, the guitar yeah. player for the band who's always been in the band, uh, also happens to be the uh, one of the rep, regional reference, regional reference. Wow, regional reference, sales director for a drum company. And he and I were sitting together in first class on a plane on the way from Minneapolis to Grand Rapids. Yep. And we were to talking, found out what each of us did. And he's like, I'm going to get you some VIP all passes for you and whoever you want. So bring them along, come to the gate, tell them who you are. They'll give them to you. And then come backstage and hang out. So I literally stood, my son and I stood on stage for the entire show, just off the corner, Watching the band.
0: That's one of those bands who you know for definite, there is one song that they would have to play, isn't there? Which would be Cherry Pie.
2: Oh, yes. Yep. Cherry Pie. Uh, and then, of course, Heaven Isn't Too Far Away. That song, Heaven. Yep. Yep. That's their power ballad because every 90s band had to have a sappy power ballad. That was a oh. prerequisite. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: a well, every,
0: every rose has its thorn. Just in case nobody knows, that's the poison ballad.
2: Yes, he was. He was actually the headliner for the show. It's Warren and Brett Michaels.
0: Wow! wow. So speaking, he out. was. He was. He actually came to a uh, the uh, a venue near where I where I live. Actually, a showground, and uh, Brett Michaels and he did a gig there. Actually, about three years ago, which is very strange. Whatever it takes. Well, yes, yes, he'll do anything. As his television shows prove.
2: I see, and I haven't, I haven't seen any or heard anything about that. But I, I'm not into those reality shows. I don't even like to to know what's going on with them. It's kind of, it's kind of like having to choose between listening to only brutal metal or listening to only Justin Bieber. It's just someplace I don't ever want to have to go.
0: No. But um. I will say that when I saw Paul McCartney in uh, in Birmingham, that was that was an experience. Oh, um, he's, oh that was. I, mean, I mean, he he played for three hours solid. That really? guy, I mean, I mean, in a way, he'd probably do his throat a lot better if he didn't talk quite so much because three hours is a long slog and trying to sing songs that he wrote, you know, 60 years ago nearly, wow, all credit, you know. For trying and doing that and going out there
1: what yep. did you think of his um his latest stuff that came out
0: i like his new album mm-hmm. a lot um i like the more experimental side that he goes for when he's working at home on things um mm-hmm. yeah there's uh, there's a lot of that i mean Um, what's what's one of the songs on there is it oh is it deep feeling or something that one is uh, that's I think I said to somebody about that that it's almost like uh, a minimalist um, approach to pop music in a way because it's Mm -hmm. it's got that Philip Glass sort of feel to it where you've got a groove through it but throughout the piece it changes but those changes, you know how Philip Glass music and Stephen Steve Reich works, it's got that sort of feel to it, which I find really interesting that he's that he'd go for something like that. Because I know that he has that interest in that music, but you never hear that in his music because normally I think he's very pushing for the commercialism and not going so experimental if that makes yeah. sense. Well, that
1: makes total sense.
0: So um If people are listening and want a hot take and they like experimentalism, they should listen to his experiments with the producer Youth and their project is called The Fireman. That is really interesting musically in in so many ways. Wow, have I killed the conversation here? (laughs)
2: don't think so. I don't think so, Tim.
0: <laughs> He's referenced Tim Farris' show now.
1: <laughs> oh, Dave has a whole bunch of those.
2: <laughs> you never know. It's the brain of Dave. You never know what's going to happen with the brain of Dave.
0: <laughs> Dear me. He'll be calling out the Rogan next. I <laughs> don't any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Call out Joe Rogan and get some of his um, his money, come our way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do
2: you know Joe Rogan, where are you? That's
0: right. Be a guest on Pod Like Us. <laughs> oh. yeah. You know, like
2: when you were doing the whole movie thing, speaking of guests. Yep. I thought that was, that was a pretty pretty smooth move there to include the man who has made the man in The Mandalorian the man who made iron man the man john favreau
0: yes I, I tried to get him involved
2: <laughs> with what that he was doing cool time, I, I wasn't i would have been like wow if he showed up but i wouldn't have been surprised yeah. I was surprised that he didn't because of all the all the stuff going on there uh with just making the yeah. happen and what he had to fight through
0: He's done a great job with that, The Mandalorian. The reason yeah. why I tried to get him into the film show was because of um, Elf.
2: Yeah,
0: right, right, you right. Because he uh, he directed Elf, and did he co-write the script as well? Maybe. You got me on that one. Yeah. But he's he's the doctor in the in the uh, surgery, isn't he? That that says to James Caan that that Buddy is his son. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if I have a mind blown you there,
2: <laughs> or or have you mind buzzed us,
0: Gil? What's the official answer there? I think I think I mind buzzed you. Yes. Oh yeah. We get any louder, we'll be going decibeling. Oh, now we're <laughs> getting. Better. Trapping down those fourth walls look out should my jokes be lost found
2: or rewound <laughs> so does anybody remember what we talked about in the first episode you
0: know, I, I do and we we finished on a good at a good we actually finished at a good a good uh segue actually well, so good. i thought we'd, we'd taken that conversation almost to um to its end and in fact i've called back to it now by mentioning the fireman with paul mccartney because we we're talking about the music producer youth, because I was talking about his work with Killing Joke and Crowded House, and now I've called back to that by mentioning him again with his work with Paul McCartney.
3: Look at that!
0: I'm like a professional.
2: <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when you know who a really good comedian is because they talk about stuff at the beginning of their shtick, and somewhere towards the middle end of their shtick, they bring it back up, and you're like,
0: oh. Yeah, that's the sign of a good comedian where they've had that that big old callback. Yeah. And the call back to an earlier joke in in the gig. That is that is a perfect comedian.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because then you realize, oh wow, that joke was actually a setup. What? (sighs) (laughs) Like watching a movie that has a plot. What? This movie has a plot? It's actually supposed to go somewhere. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't believe an end. They're not just meandering, trying to cash in on Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. What?
0: You mean all those disparate characters in Pulp Fiction end up meeting in a bar at the end? What? (laughs) Wait, hold on.
1: (laughs) What did you say?
0: (laughs) Whoa, I've buzzed Gil's mind.
1: Do they really meet a meet at a bar at the end of the movie?
0: Supposedly, is that? Is that or is it? Oh no! What it is is the, the beginning of the film, is the end of the film as well, isn't it? Or whatever. It's the same scene. Is is that how it is, Dave? I've not seen it for twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. To quote Johnny Carson's right-hand man,
0: "You are correct, sir."
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: Tarantino is the the king of the, of the films that go here, there, and everywhere. They, I, they I don't work like on a linear see. basis, do they? They work all over. Go on.
1: Yeah, I would, I would like to see, uh, Old Fiction in in its entirety. But you know, like a, like actually story, rather than um, rather than how it's uh it's actually made. I'm sure that somebody <laughs> has done that on YouTube. It's kind of, you'd
2: rather see it chronologically. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Mm. It's like uh, Christopher Nolan, if you buy his, uh, the DVD or Blu-ray of the film Memento, and that film is about somebody with memory, memory loss, and the film goes from the beginning to the end, it's actually going the other way around. So you start at the end and you work your way back to the beginning in that film but there's an alternative version of it that they've put on the, the Blu-ray or the DVD where they've re-edited it so you get the whole story in chronological order.
2: Ooh. And that, folks, is why physical media still rules the world.
0: Absolutely. Yes. You just need the space to keep it all. <laughs> How
1: about uh, David Lynch?
0: Oh, David Lynch. I still like his version of Dune.
1: I've never seen that.
0: That is... Oh, I'm surprised you've never seen that, Gil. That's
1: right on the street, that is. I've just gotten into his films. Okay. Yeah, so I I did Mulholland Drive um, a
0: couple of weeks ago. That is a good film. Nick Nolte, yeah, brilliant. Blue Velvet. Yes, yeah.
1: And then after watching Blue Velvet, I was kind of stuck on um, listening to uh, Ray Orbison
0: for a yeah. week and a half. Roy Orbison, yeah. And uh, who is Bobby... Who, who, is that Bobby Vinton? Who did Blue Velvet, the song? Bobby
4: Vinton.
0: Bobby Vinton, yeah. Yeah. That's a great soundtrack, that film. Yeah,
1: definitely.
3: Yeah.
1: In, Dreams, in Dreams by Roy Orbison was in my... I just couldn't get that song out of my head no matter what I did it was just it was just stuck there now there's a sadly
2: long forgotten singer yeah Orbison yes absolutely yeah last piece being in the traveling Wilburys just before he passed man I think
0: I think in dreams or it might be that one or another one there's a story where Roy Orbison said that he went to uh, he went to go and and because Roy Orbison wrote songs for other people as well as himself back then,
4: mm-hmm.
0: he uh he was intending on, I think it was going round there and playing him uh the song In Dreams, I think it was, to uh to Elvis and he and he got to the uh he got to the uh security mm-hmm. and uh they, they turned him away because Elvis was in bed asleep. Really? Yeah. So if if it hadn't have been for that, then In Dreams would have been an Elvis Presley song and not Roy Orbison.
1: What? See, that's.
0: Uh... <laughs> <sighs> I know. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine that Elvis doing In Dreams?
2: They probably have it on some lost archive that they're waiting to release for like 20 years from now.
0: Probably. Oh, you just know the Presley estate have got something there, don't you? Yes. They're like the the Hendrix estate with milk in it for all it's got.
1: What I want to listen to is an updated version of um, now now I can remember it. It's old, old, old uh, Beatles song that they first recorded and it I try to look for this song, but it just sounds like total junk because like, I guess the um, re- uh, recording equipment that they had back then. But uh, hold on, let me, let me, you guys say something. I, I have to remember it. I'm refusing to look it up on my phone right now. I find
2: it interesting how people like David Lynch and Christopher Nolan have favorite actors that they always seem to call on for various roles and shows like David Lynch Kyle yes. McLaughlin with yep. the Dune that's kind of the first place I remember him those two connecting but then he... oh,
0: I'll leave you to talk you two because my bell's just gone
2: Oh it's the post
0: on Amazon Oh look, Louise is going to take over and ask you a question from the chat Hold on Hold on there you go. Headphones. It is the, Have clue the phone there. near to you so that it can Hello. pick you up on the microphone. It needs to pick you up on the microphone on the phone. There it knows.
3: question Hello. from the <laughs> hat. Hello. 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 Hello.
0: Hello. 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 It's very quiet. Yes, it is. Oh, you know what I've done? I've unplugged the I've unplugged that bikes. And
2: there we go. Hello. There. Oh, we heard that. Hello.
3: Hello. Oh, sorry. Slight technical hitch there. <laughs> what is your most treasured possession?
2: Whoa. Possession means something that I own.
3: Mm.
2: That's just different than something I can't live without. So, it's, yeah. so unlike Martin, I can't say underwear. <laughs> Oh gosh. Gil, you have any thoughts on that? That's like that's deep for even me. And I'm the um,
1: That's that's pretty deep.
3: Ooh. I, have to,
1: I have to dig, you know, deep down inside. I'm getting sentimental here, guys. I'm, oh my goodness. Yeah. that's quite
0: a, a big a large scope for an answer, to that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that it could be. It's a treasured possession. If it died in a fire, would I ever want to? Could I live without it? That's what I've
3: Yeah, what would you? If you had a fire, what? What's the first thing you'd grab?
2: Oh. Yeah, it would have to be my my uh, Dalton acoustic guitar that my wife bought me for my
3: 40th birthday. That's quite obviously quite a sentimental thing as well, then.
2: Yeah, you know, 2000, I got it in 2014. It was built in 2004. I was going to have uh, Chris Martin, uh, C.F. Martin Company, uh, build me a custom guitar after they graciously hosted me for three days. And, you know, fed me and took care of me and put me up in a hotel and gave me like $500 worth of clothes for me and the family. (laughs) And I was going to go, I was all set to get a custom guitar built by them. And I kept trying to call who I thought I was supposed to talk to. And they kept putting me off and putting me off. And one day I walk into a store and here sits this guitar that's almost identical to everything that I wanted to have built. And I turn to my buddy, Mark, who is an amazing guitar luthier and repairman. And I say, Mark, what can you tell me about this Dalton acoustic that's in the room there for two grand? And he's like, Dave, that is the guitar that you buy when a Martin isn't good enough for you. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and so I put it on layaway. I talked to uh, people at Huss and Dalton and found out that that guitar, if they were to build me one from scratch, would have been about $3,700. And I said, I'm sold. Okay. <laughs> that was after I strung it a couple of times. And I'm like, wow, this is like the most beautiful acoustic I've ever heard. The only thing that comes even close to it right now is a John Mayer Signature Martin, which currently runs in the U.S. around $3,800. So, uh, very whoa, very fortunate, very fortunate to have that in my in
1: my uh, possession.
3: Okay, yeah. what about you, Gil? Uh,
1: let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, well, it's not a cool thing like Dave's guitar, but uh, I'd probably have to say um, my parents' oh, wedding picture. Oh, that's so nice. It's one of their original, um, you know, pictures from from back then, and um, yeah, I mean, I as in black
3: and white.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I like black I, and
3: white photos.
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of like a not. It's not black and white. It's like a sepia kind of color. Oh, see, like a yes, brown, yes, yeah, sepia. Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah. so um yeah i think with that i have no clue how i got a hold of it but i got a hold of it and yeah like i i don't have much things from um you know from them but having that picture just mm. uh, yeah there's I something about old it, photos it, yeah exactly i have it have it hanging i don't have i have you know music stuff and different posters, and they're the only people that are allowed to go on my wall. Right.
3: Okay, okay. Very uh, nice. I guess I should pass you back to Martin then.
2: Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun.
3: Hey.
0: Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was fun. Thank you. In stereo. We are here living life loud with the presenters of the Decibolic Podcast and the Mind Buzz, Dave Belknap and Gilbert Angriano.
1: I got the song now. I, re- I remember it. Sweet. There you go. You've got the song. Awesome. I looked it up. I looked it up. I hey, nothing to. wrong with that. <laughs> uh, in spite of all the danger. In spite of all the danger. was, Yes.
2: Yes. Her. You got me
1: there. In yeah, it was a really, in spite really of all moment. the
3: danger. Yes. Oh my one,
1: gosh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm telling you, um, I got into that song when I watched that movie. Uh, that movie about John Lennon that they that they did that 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 was one of yeah that was one of the movies that were. Or that was one of the songs that the actor, the actor that played John Lennon, uh, he he sang that song, his own version that was on the soundtrack. And, was, um,
0: is that, is that the, Stephen Dorff? Is it? Let me see. Is that Stephen Dorff in that film? You are now listening to Gill looking online. <laughs> Oh,
2: I was curious. Is that from? Is that from the Beatles'
1: days as the Quarrymen? Yeah, it, it was them as the as a Quarrymen before they uh, they changed their name.
0: Yeah, but it's it's only the three of them though doing that. It's John, Paul, and George on the recording that's there because it's a, yeah. it's a demo on a it's a demo on an old single track uh, reel recorder. Back in those days, when you only had one track to record to on a on a home recorder.
1: <laughs> yeah, but if they would have done, if they would have just, I, if they would have just re re did that one, I... yeah. right?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, A lot of bands didn't do that back then, did they? They didn't take something from a no. previous and re record it. It's kind of no. like kind of like discovering the David Coverdale, uh, one of their biggest songs off of the. Epitamus, or what off their big their big hit album white snake yeah done a second version of here i go again
0: you know mm-hmm. modified yes. a, little, updated yep. a little bit yep. because, and then the single was a third version
2: yeah <laughs> i mean it, and it was tastefully done because you know here he had do you know what the original lyrics were in in uh that song
0: yeah for like a hobo
2: yeah like a hobo yeah, like, like I'm, I'm like, wow, that really doesn't fit. It sounds so funny to hear him say it.
0: Like no, hobo. I, I really like the original version of it musically. Yes, because it's got that, it's got that uh, almost blues rock um, sort of vibe to it. But I like it lyrically later because I think the word drifter works better than hobo.
2: I agree. I see that's, that's a perfect example of being able to take something in which they didn't do. I mean, you didn't see Hendrix go back and redo Purple Haze. You never saw the Beatles. I guess they're too busy having other people cover their songs. Maybe that'd be. They, Well, they did. What well,
0: was, what, 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 one maybe. after 909 on Let It Be, that's yeah, actually that a re-record from a song that was, that was a re-record because that was a song they recorded for Please Please Me, the first album, there, that yeah. was left off it.
1: yeah Yeah. that one is actually in the anthology their first recording of uh of uh 909 that that's in the anthology yeah yeah Yeah. and did we
0: let's see if i can blow let's see if i can blow uh, gill's mind now you know the song in spite of all the danger yeah Yeah. how about if if they had recorded it with the uh, with the harmonies, the way that they did Paperback Writer, where they were trying out the uh, the almost uh, Beach Boys style. So that that uh, the uh, afterwards, mm-hmm. if that was done Beach Boys style, that really? would be really cool. Wonder yeah. if they'd have done it that that time, like that. That would have worked really well. That would have been really cool. In fact, imagine the Beach Boys doing it.
1: Ooh. Really?
0: Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be good if they had? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a, this is a what if, you know.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you know that you. your your song there, in spite of all the danger, if that was inspired by an Elvis Presley song? It was Paul McCartney trying to be Elvis.
0: Right. Oh, and, please, and please, please me, was John Lennon trying to be Roy Orbison? Yes. Yes. Roy again. Oh, Roy. We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Roy again. Back to Roy. <laughs> it's a bit like um, the, the Beach Boys stole Sweet Little 16, didn't they? The music to that for a Beach Boys song. Which one was that? That the? the oh, go on, Dave. Which one is it? Which it's got the music I'm to dead? Sweet Little 16, and it's a Beach Boys song.
1: That was Chuck Berry's song.
0: Yeah. They so the they took the music. Yep. Yeah. They took the melody from Sweet Little 16 by Chuck Berry and yeah. they used it for one of their own, didn't they? I you think talking? it's Surf in USA. Surfing USA. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's Sweet Little 16, basically. Did not make Chuck happy at all. Mm-hmm.
2: No. That was back before they got into all this credit writing and stuff.
0: <laughs> right. Ooh. Yes. Like Sweet
2: Little 16
3: yeah.
0: lyrics. That's yeah. all. Well, it's all there, isn't it? The lyrics, it tells you everything you need to know about Chuck before before everybody knew about Chuck.
2: And like his song, My Dingling.
0: Yeah, there's no... There's... <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything naughty at all, does it, My dingling?
2: <laughs> that should only be listened to when followed by My What a Lovely Bunch of Coconuts. I was going to say, uh, the, the one who was left out of that recording and a song that I found very humorous on a, on a dull and dreary day on the road a few years back, Ringo Starr, the No-No-No yep. song. Oh,
0: yes. I haven't heard yeah, that one. Yeah. No. no. You, you've done very well there, Gil. <laughs> the No-No song. Oh, okay. it, it is. It is it
2: can't be at its best. It, it,
0: it has, is.
2: I could say I could say that, that that may have I don't know when it was recorded
0: though. Seventy five, I think, that one's from.
2: I Excellent. Think. Then we so then I can say what I was thinking, and that's what I say
0: says says the man full of beetle knowledge. Yeah.
2: Is that <laughs> it was uh, yeah, nineteen seventy four on Goodnight Vienna. Ooh, yeah.
0: Was it on seventy four? Good night Vienna, okay. I thought it was on and, the following album.
2: That, you know, like the Beatles, man. They stumped the Beatles, man. You heard it here, folks, on pods <laughs> like us. No, anyhow.
0: Uh yeah, I can Trio I, of now, honestly, The mind was decibolic. Live life loud.
2: Honestly, now say that that probably very well could have inspired Weird Al Yankovic. Definitely. So Gil, I'll just get a small part of it. No, 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 no. I don't smoke it no more. I'm tired of waking up on the floor. No thank you please It only makes me sneeze And then it makes it hard To find the door (laughs) That's everything you need to know About the no 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 song
0: Lyrics to live by (laughs) I love it Gil's going to look it up now And add it to his playlist
1: (laughs) Yeah that's going on there for sure
0: (laughs) But there are some good songs In in, um, Ringo's back catalog, you know, like a photograph.
2: Oh, he, he had a lot of good stuff. He's just, you know, he wasn't afraid to be Ringo. That's that's the big thing. It wasn't like, oh, I have to be a proper Beatle. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. That. he was never that way. He was the he was the odd man out and
1: he wasn't afraid to be who he was. He was just happy to be there. Yeah. Happy to play some rock and roll. I think that's what it was.
0: You know, I think I think Ringo is overlooked and underrated in in some ways. He was yeah. a really good drummer in the Beatles. He was exactly what they needed.
1: Yeah, he brought he brought like a huge uh dynamic to the band, especially with with his his jazz playing, his cha-chas, just I think just placement and he knew what to um to you know to give to make it Beatles song. Great. That's what it was. Yeah. He, he wasn't mean, in, he didn't was, add anything fancy. He didn't you know what I mean? Like even though he was a he was a great drummer, he didn't yeah. he didn't yeah. need all that jazz, you know what I mean? He wasn't your atypical smash and grab drummer.
0: Yeah. 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 Well me and Gil would know because we both got the the anthology sets. So we can see the difference between when they got Ringo and what Pete Best was like before. And Pete Best was a bit ordinary, just basic with his drumming. You know, he got by, but the difference between him and Ringo's playing is miles apart, really completely different. His,
1: his grooves are just um, immaculate listening Mm. to yeah. um listening to uh a hard day's night i think that's got to be the some of the best drumming that he he did in the the early the early albums coming out of the beatles
0: yeah i think a hard day's so- night is a really good transition album actually for them
1: yeah yeah
0: because it was st- it was still looking at what they'd done before but it was also signaling where they were going to go after that with things like uh, Beatles for Sale and then Rubber Soul. And then when you get to Revolver, that's another transition then from that period. Yeah. but And then after that, you've got Sergeant Pepper. So I think A Hard Day's Night is a transitional album that, that spells that change from one to the other, I think. Definitely.
1: And
0: then
1: even just the film that when, when they broke into that film market and they 64 just i know oh year <laughs> in music man i wish i was around
0: yeah just just think you know that within within a year that's where they are you know in in well a little over a year from being from bringing out the first sing, single or whatever they've made that film. That's, wow. Wow.
2: This epic pause brought to you by Deep Beatles Thoughts.
1: <laughs> there we go.
2: My gosh. Some days. And
1: and, and Dave, you have to like, uh, record like a, uh, you know, like a guitar bit to get you, uh, how did you, how did you phrase it to to uh, almost close enough not to get you in trouble Isn't that yeah. To,
2: uh, yeah yes that is, that oh, is it? almost close enough but not close enough to get me in trouble yeah. Yeah, yes. so cool. we get the, the just kind of you know the vanilla ice thing theirs goes da, da, dun, da, da, dun, dun. mine goes da, 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 da.
0: yeah that kind of thing <laughs> my, rules my, 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 to live by rules to live by right close but not not that close that you can get done for it (laughs) exactly
2: and like winning a a year's worth of calendars yes yep the big prize ever would be winning a year's worth of calendars
0: right Years' worth of calendars. What have you got coming up, David? you got any shows um, lined up, you know, to record or anything? Or what's coming out in the future from Live Life Loud, the Decibolic next podcast?
2: On, up next Go on ahead. Live Loud, the Decibolic podcast, we'll be featuring vocalist and studio painting artist Justin Babcock. From his early days in Traverse City in Cadillac, Michigan, to his brush with fame and a guy named Mark Slaughter in Nashville, Tennessee, we get to experience Justin's journey from Michigan and back again. All the names wow. of his dreams to live life loud. Also, I get to finally, this is one that people have actually been asking me for when I would do this. So with that, I will begin my, my travels on travel time into the greater Toronto area of Ontario, Canada. So we'll start the journey through there. What I experienced in my times in Toronto, some places outside of Toronto, well, mostly good places outside of Toronto to stay because I would never want to stay downtown. It's just my thing. Some of the great shops around the area eventually make it over to Richmond Hills. And I have to give a plug to one of the best breakfast diners I've ever been to in my life. And I hope to get my wife over there someday. Little town called London, London, Ontario, Canada. The Spare Parts Diner. It's about two hours from Detroit and about two hours from Toronto. Spare Parts Diner. Uh, They aren't afraid to surprise you with something great. The first time I went there, I asked them for pancakes with my breakfast. And the owner slash waitress came back and said, we decided instead of giving you pancakes that we're just going to make you one pancake. So I had a pancake the size of an extra large pizza to go with my breakfast. I did not eat the whole thing. Spoiler warning.
0: (laughs) Gil, what have you got coming up on the mind buzz?
1: Mind buzz, what is that? Um, Okay, should I have said it
0: like, or should I have said it like, the mind buzz? The mind buzz.
1: Uh, what do I got? What do I got? I got Monday coming up, uh, Monday headlines. So we're just gonna, uh, go through the week or five. Any,
0: for anybody listening to this show, this will be the previous Monday that he's talking about. Yeah. Ooh, back in time with Marty week. McFly in the dog. Here we
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> Marty! quick it's your your
0: children marty it's your children children, marty (laughs) sorry gil go ahead
1: um yeah and then i i just recorded another uh another uh you know three hour four hour uh podcast um with a buddy of mine, we we're just talking some uh, Russian nonsense about everything going down in Russia. So that, that was another fun one. Uh, it's gonna come out in like two weeks. We did, I did that one yesterday. Cool. popped up in coffee, and yeah, that, that was a good one.
0: Is, is that Anymore? another one of those one of those three hour slog it, recordings? It,
1: it, it's it's the one where you uh, you know. You you light one up and you just hang out in the dark and, and listen to us talk about uh aliens and and Russian spy psychedelic books. It's one of those. One of those nights.
0: Cool. The perfect <laughs> podcast to listen to with Dark Side of the Moon in the background. And Billy Squire. And Billy Squire,
1: yes. Dark Side of the Moon.
3: It's an awesome.
1: Awesome album. It
0: is. What? Uh, what about you, morph You go. What have I got? Um. So, what have I got? The uh, so far this season two two episodes have come out. Uh, there was one with with uh, George Slade about his. Um, indie music showcase, as he calls it where he chats to a different musician each time about their music and they play songs from their careers uh that was on for episode one episode two that came out today as we're talking now that was with um uh, joe wisby who talks about um who talked about is. uh addiction of uh, buying Beatles books he owns over 400 books about the Beatles. wow and he does a pod he does a podcast where he talks to the people who wrote those books about them oh nice um i, I particularly liked one that he did where he talked to the uh, the writer of the rabbi shankar uh biography indian son because i'm a huge fan of uh, rabbi shankar You you know me. I'm always I'm I'm always ahead. I've got um, then I've got uh, what is it? um, Xander and Stone. They do a uh, paranormal and uh, fringe science podcast, which is named after themselves, Xander and Stone Mm -hmm. um, uh, podcast. And then this will be coming out that Thursday. So that's next Thursday. To us, you'll have uh, us three talking. If I can get get it edited to to sound like. We know what we're doing, and um, and then just to put people let people know. The following Monday after that, I had a fantastic chat with uh, the filmmaker Martin Jean about her film uh, podcast, Filmbug, where each episode she talks to a different filmmaker about a specific film where it was fraught with problems. And what they learnt from the problems that they made, uh, or they they gained from uh, making those films. There you go. You got you're you're on it, man. I, I've got three other shows also in the can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm usually well. Right now, I'm I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get ahead, but it's. Uh... These days are so short. There's so much you can do in one day. I
0: know. Yes. As I said to somebody on uh, on a Star Trek, uh, someone from a Star Trek podcast. If only we had 26-hour days like they do in the Star Trek universe,
1: right? <laughs> Dave, how uh, how you know far are you out as far as published, um, getting things published on your hosting service?
2: I'm about a, I am 1 week ahead right now. You're is, one week ahead. Is, I was almost 2 weeks ahead, but uh we had a snow day here and mm-hmm. my youngest daughter had a day away from or half day off of a school that same week and with mm-hmm. my with having a an a uh, autistic son at home who is who has needs. Mm-hmm. That takes my Wednesdays out from doing anything with recording and editing, typically. Got it. So last week I was down about, I was down about two days, because I got about half a day in on the snow day thanks to my wife being home. Mm-hmm. But still, so that, that set my schedule back a little bit further. And whenever I get into uh, edits for a new, a new episode or a new conversation, uh, I do a lot of editing. So Definitely. like uh most recently with the one I'm working on now it, there was a it was originally about 22 minutes of material and I ended up with 12.
0: Wow. Wow. But yeah. Martine Jean the the film book book podcast I was talking to her and she was saying how uh, her shows which are at the most 30 minutes long they initially start with 2 hours worth of interview material that she's got that doesn't surprise Ooh. me um,
2: i uh i had i had one one batch that i have gone through and there was an episode that almost felt when i got done with it that felt like it was a repeat of the previous episode just because of what we went over and i'm like i don't know if anyone's really going to listen to that but amazingly enough the the second of the two which was almost a repeat actually has had more listens than the first one so i'm glad i did it but, yeah, it was one of those gambles at first. We we're like, hmm, should I?
0: Well, you've got two uh, decibelic um, addicts right here talking with you because me and Gil are always listening to your show.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. That is that is huge for any, any podcaster. Even if you want to listen to me in double time and don't really understand everything I'm saying, that's fine with me. Just do me a favor and listen to an episode once. Twice, if you're taking a shower, that's totally cool with me.
0: And you can have a thought while you're in the shower.
2: <laughs> you never know what you might get by osmosis.
3: So,
2: I, th- <laughs> I just let you hang in, man. I'm so sorry. I'm like, <laughs> there's there's like five ideas at once, and I just left Marv hanging.
0: <laughs> Leaving Marv hanging with live life it's, loud. The
3: podcast. <laughs>
0: It's like you blew my mind with five different things. There, I'm like, oh God, which one do I go for? <laughs> brain shut down, oh, brain freeze. <laughs> you,
3: could
0: just, you could just see me like, uh, like uh, oh, I don't know, Homer Simpson with my hands on either either side of me, going, ah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> The Scream, yes, the Scream, yes, by um, is it Mensch? Mensch. Mensch? Is it? Ah, yeah, trio of pods were to come to for your cultural needs. Never That's know. right, folks,
2: you never know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh,
2: some days I think I
0: do better Anyway, have you, have you recorded this for yourself again, uh, Dave?
2: Oh, yeah, you betcha. I tacked it on to the end of my previous so I could have it all in one semi-seamless file. And it's an well Three hours, 17 minutes, and 38 seconds.
0: Ding! On its way to you in about 10 minutes, Gil. <laughs> all right. All right, you've now got up. over three hours to edit into a mind bus show.
2: let see, you've got the first half. So I will get the second half to you in MP3 again, or the second halves. I thought it wasn't recording at first. It just turned out that I had the screen so crunched to look at the two hours that I couldn't see my needle moving. That was telling me I actually made a recording. Wow.
0: And only now during the recording of this do I have a cable to plug my microphone into my um, interface so that I could actually record it with a better quality microphone. Go figure.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Jungle Book. That always
0: helps. Thank you, Panama.
2: (laughs) I'm still waiting on them to refund me for one of the things I sent back like over a month ago. Like, I really hope they do that soon. I'd like to have the money to spend again.
0: Well, normally they do it relatively quickly. Perhaps it's perhaps it's a damn you corona.
2: Must be because you know I sent it back on the fourteenth of January and it shows on tracking that it got there on the eighteenth of January. And I'm like, okay. So maybe I just have to figure out who I can call.
0: So did you pay for it on your uh, out of your normal bank account or off your credit card? Because. Um, You know, they would have put it back on whichever you paid it with, wouldn't they? I would have thought.
2: They would have, you know, and it it says right here, return was started on December 24th. The item was on its way back January 14th. And they have not, it hasn't gotten down to the tick box that says refund sent
0: once we get the item. Yeah. This is going to be must listen for anybody that's interested in podcasting this.
2: Will Dave ever get his money back?
0: Find out next time on the next episode of Soap. (laughs) All right. I think we've got some really good stuff. (laughs) Oh, dear me. There's everything else. Yes, it happens. And, and thanks to Gil from last week, I have three hours of chat between me and uh, me and Dave to, uh, to to make an episode from as well. You're welcome. <laughs> All the Davey. <laughs> yes. All the Davey. Dave I, I might have to split it into two and release it as as two episodes in one day.
2: <laughs> two episodes, one Dave. All on pods like us.
0: Excellent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm going to watch it all. These, you know, and I'm, I might put them all together at the end of the episode, so that it's just all these, all these call outs from from Dave just at the end. Yeah, and all these tags.
1: Right. Creo <laughs> pods, and sometimes Gil from the Mind Buzz. There we go. There we go. go. Gil's gone into it.
2: If I can do it. Anybody can do it. Come
3: on! Yeah. Yes. is
2: not brain surgery so anybody can do it.
1: <laughs> oh. Marv, have you got a chance to to hear any of Adam Curry stuff?
0: No, no, I haven't. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think no, so. No, I,
1: I think I've, I've no. been pushing Adam Curry like on every podcaster. Right. Honestly. <laughs>
0: is that is that is that the adam that did the um, did that fantastic um, no, no, uh, no, no, graphic. no 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 oh, oh, right. no which adam's which adam is that then cuz that's no. a great graphic
1: oh yeah that's uh that's actually the the adam that i have on uh, on the mind buzz he's a recurring recurring oh that's dad.
0: that adam yep yeah, yeah yes, i've heard yeah. him a
1: lot yeah 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 um no adam curry the podfather. Uh,
0: wow,
1: yeah, so I don't know the full story, but it, originally he was uh he was the first man that came up with the uh, uh the idea of podcasting, not necessarily the the name podcasting but yep. yeah he was he was reached by um Steve Jobs to get uh podcasting uh on Apple wow. Yeah, wow. they 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 call him uh, the Pond Father, which he he has some great stuff, and usually his his um his stuff goes in in the room. Awesome, awesome listen. I mean, I, I encourage any podcaster to to uh, wow. to look up Adam Curry. Yeah. He he wow. was on. Uh, I caught him on Bus He was. On oh yeah, there he was on their uh, podcasting thing, talking about podcasting, and he he's been on Joe Rogan,
0: Great stuff. Wow, I need just I need to uh, I need to get fishing now for for that guy. I need to the, throw that hook history, out and try and get him.
1: the The history of of podcasting is it's, it's amazing. It's where any 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 computer. Any computer nerd out there.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, the history of anything on, you know, like, um, I was watching a program and they're on about um, the fact that uh, there was a Star Trek film or something, or, and, and on, well, in general, Star Trek film and television, where they listen to music through the computer, don't they? Because they just go, oh, computer play, blah, blah, blah. And uh, somebody was saying that, um, the people who invented the MP3 invented it because they were influenced, they were inspired by them listening to music through a computer on Star mm-hmm. Trek.
4: Really? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, you know, you look at the original series of Star Trek and they've got, it's almost like the the uh, communicators that they're using, they're like, they're like the old motor flip phones, aren't they?
1: Yeah, those things
0: that will last forever. Yeah, which is nothing like the phones that you buy nowadays, which won't last forever. Motorola B phones.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, yes. And and what was that? Nokia. Oh yeah.
0: The weapon. Yes. My first phone was a Nokia. It was the um, the one based on the um, Matrix phone. That was my first mobile phone, and I was incredibly disappointed when I got it and found out that you actually had to slide the thing down by hand, and you didn't have a button to do it with like they did on the film. <laughs> That's fair. And, and I just thought, why can't you just add a button on, button on the side to make it flip down like it does on the film?
2: Money. Yes, money. Yes. How much extra? We save five cents per phone by not doing this. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <And> <laughs> oh, dear.
0: For anybody listening, there is a Matrix 4 on its way that's filmed. Anyway, the neighbors seem to be doing some work next door, so I better, better finish this off so that they don't um, keep making a noise on this recording. Okay. <laughs> I love a good cameo. I know, I know. Oh, you want to finish with one of those? Oh. Louise is saying, let's finish with another one of another out of the hat. If you had a time machine, what year or era would you go back to, Gil? Um
1: it has to be between uh, nineteen sixty-eight or nineteen sixty-four. So I'm gonna go ahead with uh nineteen no, hold on. Sixty-seven. Summer sixty-seven. Summer
0: of love. Summer of, Summer of love. Love. Yes. Catch me over there at
1: hate in Ashbury. Um I'll be hanging out there with uh with all the cool cats. And uh that's where I'll be hanging out. And
0: eating, Dave. Eating funny yeah. stuff. Cool. And Dave Belknap from Live Life Loud, the Desipolic podcast. What's your answer?
2: 1978, invest in a small company called Microsoft.
0: Yes. There is an interesting story there, isn't there, where. Uh, Alan Michael Sugar, who owns uh, Amstrad, um, the uh, the people behind, uh, oh, you know, um, how can I not remember the name, the Microsoft champ? Bill Gates? Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates apparently uh, approached uh, Sir Alan Michael Sugar for some funding to help with um, starting um, Microsoft up and uh and the, uh, the, the famous saying that uh, Alan Michael Sugar now regrets and has regretted for decades is there is no money in software. All the money is in computers. <laughs> right? Right.
2: <laughs> the things that we say.
0: I know. I <laughs> would possibly go back to ooh, uh, I'd like to have seen um, the Beatles at Shea Stadium in person actually that that famous concert there, one of the last ones, just to see what they were like live, there you go but then I want to come back and I just stayed there and gone through the rest of the 60s
2: <laughs> 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 Right, yeah, meet Jimi Hendrix
0: Anyway, um, Gil, let people know where where they can find you and how they can uh, listen to The Mind Buzz.
1: The Mind Buzz, today's mind culture and social podcast. You can find The Mind Buzz at the Mind Buzz podcast. Buzzsprout.com. And you can at me on Instagram at The Mind Buzz
0: Podcast. Sure. How was that one? Sweet and to the point. Yeah. Yes. And Dave, where can they find yourself and get hold of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast?
2: For more information and the best way to locate Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast, please go to you can find all links to social media and to streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple iTunes, and now iHeartRadio. Live Life Loud is a production of Decibolic LLC. Yeah, it's a real thing now. And you can also find me on Instagram at Live Life Loud Podcast. For anybody who wants to give me more information or tell me what you think, you can please feel free to email me at info at decibolic.com.
0: Thank you very much. And pods like us is what well, you're listening to. It. So you can find it on all streaming platforms. There are so many of them. I will probably be here for the rest of the year naming every platform that's available. There's a web page at the Marv Zone dot org forward slash pods like us and we also have pages on facebook and on instagram you can find us on the instagram at pods like us thank you very much guys and thank you to everybody for listening and I hope you listen again to another episode of pods like us
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Why is it so much easier uh, to, talk to everybody else than it is for me to do this on my own? That's what I got to figure out. I've I've got to make like a. I found a voice program. I'm thinking about buying just so that I can set it up with with banter, and that way you can talk to me while I'm recording my podcast. <sighs> Maybe it's my my room. Where do you guys podcast at? Uh, where Where do you set up at, Gil? Where do you set up at?
1: Uh, I'm currently, I'm set up in my living room. Uh, at first I had it in my, my bedroom and then I kind of had some, uh, arrangement, uh, stuff. So right now I'm in my room. No, not my room. I'm in my living room, my desk. Yeah. Originally I was going to move my desk around to get some, um, I had some sound issue because I'm like right here up against uh, the window. So if somebody's outside, they can it's it, I just have horrible, horrible uh, sound issues in this corner. but I moved um, I moved over to the other side of the living room, and I was just getting this bad feedback from my uh, my WiFi. And router, which was kind of it was strange, like um, yeah. For some somehow my mic would pick up maybe like some sort of like feedback or or something from my my uh, my router. But anyways, I'm answer your small question with my big answer. But uh, in
0: the living room, I too am in the living room, (laughs) sat at the settee. or the sofa, sat on the sofa talking to two friends. Nice. There you go. And uh, me and Gil have done a show once before where I was uh, sat in a work van talking to him. (laughs) That was a good one.
1: It was. (laughs) that, That was like a mind buzz on the go kind of thing.
0: It was yes, and uh, somebody ringing up, ringing me up to check on me also made its way into the, into the show.
1: What yeah. usually what helps out with that if you have like a, a like a green screen and it, it works perfect, even if well, wow. if you're gonna go out and get a you know piece of green,
2: that's but a great it, it, idea.
1: Yeah, it yeah. makes it just a little bit cleaner. But
2: yeah, I thought about getting an actual. You know, and that's they didn't have the right color green
1: oh okay I see
2: for this curtain so I did this but you know eventually i'll do a I'll do a green screen I'd like to do something where I have it hanging and I can pull it down
1: yeah yeah
2: also, you know also with this curtain if for any reason should the cat ever decide to attack it i'm not I'm not feeling so bad about it
1: yeah I had that I had a uh, some black uh vinyl that I used to drape on uh from the top of my ceiling down, so now I have like all this opening but um for recordings i I had it uh draped down, but now i don't i I didn't really see a point I was just um you know going up and down up and down stapling unstapling stuff yeah but, yeah uh, i I have the foam uh, I'm actually gonna put some um some uh foam up today. Nice. Just, just in the in the um, just around in the area, what what the bad thing is is the the window that's right in front of me. I see it. Yeah, yep. you see out of my glasses. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What I originally did, which I'm probably have to do it again, but I kind of like the sunlight coming in. You know, during the day, uh, I had I had all that covered. Um, with like two to three big heavy blankets that I nailed to the wall to keep the uh, just the outside si- sound coming in, but yeah. now, uh, but that was with the condenser mic. Now that I have this mic, it doesn't pick up much of that ambience now.
0: So the Shure microphone that you both got, then that's uh, that's set up like the the um, the classic Shure mic uh, vo- vocal microphones, then that just picks up the. What's what's there in front, it doesn't get the external anything from outside. It's a close up mic. Yeah. Technically. Yeah, It's a
2: dynamic mic just in a in a body with a shell and yeah. stuff inside so you can record direct. I mean the, the cool thing about it is, is that with an adapter as I can plug it into my phone. Oh, that's kinda cool. I never realized it did that. But I can plug oh. it into my phone, look at that. You can see that that it's looking for to see if something's on there. That's kinda neat. But anyhow. Cool. I'm there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Shadow and it went away. But I, I was noticing this little beep. I never noticed that before until I held it up. One of those strobe things you don't see right off. But anyhow, besides that, you can plug this microphone directly into uh, an iOS phone, an Apple phone. And
1: what, what, what piece do I need for that?
2: Uh, they sell a, sp- a particular cable. Uh, and I don't know if it works any better, but I just got a USB to lightning adapter. They call it a camera kit.
1: Camera kit?
2: Yeah, an Apple a camera kit. And just look up camera kit. You can get them for like 10 bucks. But the camera kit just allows you to hook up the MV7 right to your phone, and then you can record anything you're doing vocally right to your phone rather than having to be at a computer or have the interface with you. Yeah.
0: And it's all powered. So rather than the cable that you've got there. So rather than the cable that you've got, I'm pointing to it, that cable, you would just unplug that where that is now and plug a cable in that goes into the iOS iPhone.
2: Yep. Right here, right there. Oh,
0: there. That's it. Yep.
2: Yep. So it's a a mini, but not a micro. It's mini USB. And then the other side is standard USB. They also give you one that's USB-C in case you have a newer computer but you just get an adapter that changes USB to lightning and it makes yes. it work with any
0: iOS got device. Yeah, As my new, new laptop is C.
2: Yeah. So your new laptop, you'd be able to go right from that with the cable they provide right into your laptop. That's like a okay. foot or 12 foot cable that comes with it. So plenty of space to do that.
1: Yeah. That's the cool. cool thing about sure. They, they give you two, uh, two cables. Yes. for Whatever you got, which was, that was, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, standard or standard USB or USB-C. Yeah. You know, and of course, everybody else is going to one more and saying, well, why did you just include the lightning one? <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> because they do sell it separately on their site,
2: but whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people fall back on, call back on using Shaw for professional, you know, recording and that, because they, they are really good, like the 57 and the 58 are both classic oh. microphones. Uh, they, they know what they're doing. They know how to do really good microphones either.
2: Plugged in, this microphone is very similar to an SM57 beta. Okay. I have one of those from my from my tour days, but it's just it's nice to be able to hang it this way and not to deal with all the shock mount stuff and how am I going to get it so it doesn't get a lot of noise. Yeah. So that's the kind of OCD stuff that I do.
0: <laughs> it's the def- kind of stuff that everybody wants to listen to.
2: Right. that's why we're after the fact right now at least hopefully maybe i don't know we shall see
0: (laughs) hey podcasters need to hear these things don't they
2: yeah you know you sprinkle it off and do a second episode just for podcasters you know or or pods like us for pod for podcasts of interest i don't know
0: (laughs) oh no you're almost there then dave you you let us down you're the perfect voiceover man as well there normally
1: Pods Like Us for Pods
2: Like You Pods Like Us for Pods Like You how about that (laughs) Pods Like Us presents for Pods Like You
0: there we go in (laughs) in every that's going to be in every episode now (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Right, thank you very much, guys. I'll catch you both later, and I'll get ready for work in in about. Ooh, how am I going? About an hour and a half. Plenty of time.
2: Oh, you're yeah. Good. yeah, I'm gonna get back to finishing up some stuff to refine the the next episode that hits, and cool. after that, it'll be about time for my son to be home.
0: You'll you'll be having your lunch soon, then, uh, Dave.
2: I will. I, I'll I'm wait for have you breakfast. Part. Home, who helps me out with Ben to, uh, to get her lunch because she hits that at noon like clockwork. So I let her take over the kitchen and then I wait until she clears out so that way there's no conflicts
0: for space. Space. The final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the final frontier of podcasting.
3: You yep. oh, are correct, sir. <laughs> All right.
2: Thanks, guys. I'm going to let you go. Take care.
0: All right, see you guys. See
2: Thanks a lot. Bye. I'm
0: going. I'm going to have to do like shimmering sound from Star Trek or something like a transporter to throw in there. Oh
2: man, we're making yes. so much work for you.
0: I've got to find a song now because Dave said chuck that song in there, and, and yes, now I've got yes. to put a, now I've got to put a transporter effect in to link the two two different conversations.
1: Xylophone action going on in there.
2: Or at least a little flange effect, or you know, a harp, kind of like what I use for shower thoughts.
1: Shower thoughts is great. Like that, your that whole thing is just awesome, Dave. It's 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 awesome. I enjoy
0: you. I know what to do now, Dave. I'm getting out the zither.
1: I I enjoy it.
0: I'm getting the zither out for that for that transition. This is great. Yeah, awesome.
2: Thanks, guys. (laughs)
0: All right, guys. It was
2: great being able to talk with you. Let me know what works and you as well.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks.
2: Appreciate it. Look forward to picking this back
1: up.
0: It's uh, our glorious leader, Gil. Hello. Hello.
1: Can you hear me fine, Werv?
0: I can. I can. And what a nice new microphone you've got. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> here i am on my phone and you two have got these fancy schmancy microphones eh
1: with all with all due time
0: yes i plan on getting one of those myself at some point
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's a great investment definitely
0: so have you got the uh, have you got the intravenous drip full of coffee uh, attached to you?
1: Uh, yeah, I got yeah? Uh, caffeine IV in one. And then I got, uh, of course, you got to have one coming out. So I got a catheter going out to the front yard.
0: <laughs> how do you do? That's how you do it. What's, what's Dave on about? Dave sending me a message somewhere. What's that about, Dave? Is Dave is Dave not being able to to join in? Oh yeah, is he? Admit. And Dave's here as well. We've, we've got the three. Three amigos. All right. Can you hear me okay? We we can. If we had video, we could do the three amigos dance. Right, right yeah so uh gil said that he's got uh, an in, he's got an IV in one arm with the uh, with coffee and he's got one coming out of coming out to his uh, to his front yard to get rid of the uh the waste dang
1: i'm i'm like a filtering system that's, that's it yes Coffee. <laughs> good morning dave good morning. My... Marv uh good afternoon good afternoon good afternoon yes. good evening and good night that would be a nice podcast name too
0: yes it would there we go there's the there's a future podcast for the three of us
1: Wait I think I hear my alarm You're let, me, let me go turn that off that's alarming
0: wah, wah, wah. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Do I need another sound file for
4: that?